Hi everybody and welcome to a very special night over here with Behind That Suit Interviews. We got the man, the legend, Willie Scandals up in the building. It's your boy Holden Roy and it, joining us. It's wow. your boy Chris Crow. What's he's, up guys? He's literally in the apartment with me. for. That's why we got masks and everything. <laughs> oh true, hey, the man. last time we did this it was, <laughs> it was over like a pre, computer. Pre a certain thing that's happened recently. <laughs> Um, hey, but yeah, Willie's around. The planets align. So, <laughs> so that's uh, what's up. So we are back with the interviews. What we are going to do is we're going to have a conversation with uh, the man. So you must understand that most of my audience has probably not heard of you because they don't really live in the city and that's they're all, good, all over. So we are going to start this through with asking you to give a little brief introduction, kind of the top level of who you are today and what you are up to before we get into the story of Willie Scandals. All right. Well. I go by the name of Willie Scandals, a Mohawk from Gunawage Mohawk Territory. Um, the, the legacy of uh, everything that I do has, uh, it goes back to 1997 to be honest. Um, throughout, throughout the late 90s I was doing the battle raps, I was out in the Scribble Jam if you know what that is about, I was doing the friggin Blaze Battles. Um, I was uh, doing the 106 in Park B T so things. No question. How old were you back then when you started doing all of this? 17 years old. So 17, 18, 19, and 20, that was pretty much what my focus and drive was. Um, we, were, we were out there battling across North America and uh, hope, hope to be, hoping to one day get to where, where obviously Eminem got to through battle rap, you know, being the rap stars in the end. That was the ultimate goal, right? But, That's, you know. So, so you're 17 years old. And you have a squad of people with you at this time? Oh yeah, time? at that time there was uh, nine artists in the group. We were called FBI Jedis, <laughs> the fucking badass Indians. That's the abbreviation for FBI, of Love course. It. And um, we said Jedis not being like the Star Wars, but like having Jed's eyes. I don't know if you know about the Clampets and the Beverly Hillbillies. Okay. Jed missed that shot and he hit oil, right? Okay. So the goal was, to, by having Jed's eyes, we'd hit that oil one day. Nice. So nice. we were the fucking badass Indians with Jed's eyes. You know? So that was, our, that was our twist on things, you know what I mean? So. And y'all are young? Well, at the time uh, I was, at the time I was the youngest. Okay, so there I was I was the kid coming in and there was a couple of guys who were already established. That was uh, Chief Rock, Kimosabi, and uh, Code Red. They're a little bit uh, older than I am. Well, actually Code Red's a little bit younger, but he was around these older guys because right. they're from uh, Northern Quebec area. Um, they're uh, Crees and uh, Crees and Hurons. So when they when they met up with each other, they came to Gunawaga and they wanted to build a home base. And that's when they found myself, Johnny Jooks, and uh, Juggernaut. And then we formed what is known today as the FBI, which also later grabbed more artists as we continued to build. So just a quick interjection: Gunawaga is right next to Montreal. Yeah. So it's technically not in Quebec because it's a reserve. Well, we consider ourselves a territory, not a reserve. We've never been defeated. We've never been conquered. Um, we're going to hold that title strong. Uh, there's never been any treaties. There's never been any paperwork, any wampum beads, anything about Canada owning anything or mm -hmm. Quebec. I had no idea. Day. So did you know that? Until no this idea. happens, we're going to consider ourselves a sovereign nation within the borders of Canada and USA. I've actually been to Ganawage growing up because I actually grew up in the city next to you. 
Well, so I've, I've, I've actually grew up in uh, St. Catherine, St. Constance, so I actually used to kind of go over there. I had a girlfriend's aunt or uncle that kind of okay. used, used to live over there, so I've, I've been there. It's a pretty cool place. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot different uh, mentality-wise. Uh, you know, it's just, I don't know, if you've ever been to the coolest place in the world, it's probably there. <laughs> a lot of people don't don't want to live there, but they want to visit there. You know, so it's 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 a great great place if you come for a couple of hours. Don't try to stay. You know, you'll be exposed pretty quickly. Fair enough. <laughs> we uh, you know, we're, we're very respectful. It's the opposite of what the media tells you. It's the opposite of what the news cameras say. Mm. Uh, we're very welcoming people. I mean, obviously that's what got us into the predicament we're in today by being so fucking hospi hospitable. And uh, you know, but you know, it's time to it's time to build from that and uh, and learn how to. You know, float in the river together. Mm -hmm. I respect that a lot. And uh, anyway, so you guys are back. Yep. You're going around and you're hitting up the battle rap circuit, trying right. to put together, yeah. you know, your Eminem quest to well, follow in his that's what, that, that's what the listeners and the viewers are going to call it, right? Because, like, that's the only... The I only, would just uh, say playing the yeah, battle yeah, sure. circuit. Just the battle yeah. circuit, hoping that that was the goal, right? That, mm -hmm. that was the way that we're going to get to where we got to be. And then how did that end up playing out for you guys? Well, eventually it got to the point where um, we had to produce music. You know, you can't just show up there and be the battle mm. rapper. It's like, hey, man, look at my battle rapper. Battle rap, battle rap. Well, well, do you have? All right, well, okay, now we got, oh, oh wait, we got 12 songs on, a, on, a, on an EP. We called it Prelude to Prophecy. Um, we got t-shirts, we had hats, we had jerseys, we started putting the merch table together. So now we're showing up to these battles and we're becoming crowd favorites because we have a bunch of shit for them to grab, you know, grab a whole, wow, I can have my favorite battle rapper shirt on, you know, kind of a thing. So it became like a, like we had to figure out a way to jump back into the circuit. If we weren't, if we're not winning, we got to compete still. You know what I mean? Because at the time we weren't getting to the, we weren't getting to the finals. We were just real hungry to be there, you know, because like, when you're coming from a small town, you're Gunawaga, and you're going all the way to Kansas City, Missouri, you know, and nobody there knows who you are, and now you got to go up against their town favorite, you know, it's it's quite a, a hill to climb, you know what I mean? So we had to find a way to make our name in each city as we appeared there. So as we arrived in, say, Kansas City, we print up 50,000 of our logo stickers, hit up the city the whole night, all of us spread out in different parts of the city, all around the venue, put our stickers everywhere so this no way when, when they get there when everybody crowd lines up at the battles to enter they see who the fuck we are we walk up with our shirts and our jerseys and our hats and everything and now we look like a sports team that just that just put sponsorships all over the city or something you know what i mean like put advertisements i meant to say sorry so is that like in a way do you think was that to like help you have that advantage when you showed up? Well, yeah, because because then now people are like, "What is this? Why is this logo showing up everywhere?" Right. right? This is like. Do you also think that like, like, just curiosity, right? If you didn't do that and you just went up and battled, well, does yeah. that also? I mean, do you think that could also be skills could have prevailed. Yeah. You know, we were we were we were as sharp as the competition. Yeah. No, but. Like... but when we put that low, like it's the same way Wu Tang did it, man. It's not that far off. It is an amazing guerrilla marketing tactic, yeah. straight up. We made fans without them even knowing who we were. Like, mm -hmm. And we're not from the city. Right. And we'd show up to all different cities like, doing the exact same thing. I'm hearing nice. this, and I'm like, if y'all out there and you guys are rappers <laughs> or whatnot, listen to what this man is saying, because let me tell you something. That is one of the smartest shits I've ever fucking heard. I'm going to imagine and that. I still use it today. Most battle rappers at that time did not come with the not merch many, tables. Not many of them had They that. don't have prepared stuff. Yeah. So, wait, 
basically what, if I understand correctly, Willie is emphasizing the importance of preparation and presentation because when you show up looking like a boss with yeah. your whole squad together and you get up on there with your, the pre-marketing, that's what got, fucking got me. Like he even came with stickers today, handed us stickers, fucking he's got a stack of cards <laughs> with his logo Always, on man. it, right there on the table. But the fact is, if you have that shit go around, like there's just certain like things, like honestly, information wars, Alex Jones's shit mm. appeared all around Montreal at That's one right, point, yeah. and you just saw his fucking stickers everywhere. I don't yep. know if you remember that. Yep. And now everyone knows who the fuck Alex Jones yeah. is. It's ba- you know it's good guerrilla marketing if Alex Jones is doing That's it, right. and I just I'm so impressed. I'm, and you guys did this when you were fucking young. Yeah, and then the, the beauty part about the most beautiful part about it was there was nine of us in the crew, right? So. If nine people spread out around the venue in all different directions and yep. just put up a hundred stickers each, yep. everybody walking to that venue that night sees all of the stickers. This. Yeah. What the fuck is this? What is this? What yeah. is this? What is this? What yeah. is this? Amazing. It's and then like, when they get there, they see us in our jumpsuits that have that same logo all over, and automatically, oh, his dope. You see that shit? Yeah. They all like, oh. It they, does the equivalent to like the posters. And then, that people and then, put like, up. The, yeah. like we, we always use like a fucking rank system, I guess you could say. So the youngest in rank, which was me and one of my buddies, Cold Red at the time, and uh, Joe Snags, we were the youngest in rank, so we would be forced to go hand out those same stickers to everybody standing in line at the venue, right? Go out there with a fucking megaphone and start talking, yo, you guys ever hear of FBI? Here's a free CD or whatever the fuck, you know? Like, nice. So we were marketer, uh, guerrilla marketing since we were fucking young. So it's like, no, it's, that's something that I, I try to push onto my artists today. And and, and, and I I can't tell them that it, it, will, it will never not work. Well, it's also incredible is the value of the team yeah. in that too. Well, that's it. You, you hear a lot of times, especially with the uh, modern and pop hip hop narratives, yeah. I did it all by myself. Oh. All that bullshit. But, so like when I hear that instantly, it's garbage. Nobody yeah. ever did it by themselves because yeah. you have engineers and shit on yeah, that track. Sure. Anyway, but I love the fact that right away your story starts with a squad of people making impressive ass fucking moves. That's, that's a cool it. start. I mean, uh, you guys are a little bit younger than myself, I, I suppose, you know. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm at 40, so. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little there. younger. I'm at so 32. When the, 26. When we were, when we were uh, making these moves, a lot of people would ask, where are you guys from? And we could never say, well, I mean, we could always say where we're from individually, right? Like, I'm from Wondage, I'm from Ganawage, I'm from Maswanapee. Uh, you know, like, everybody has a different fucking uh, territory. But we all came together and repped out of Ganawage. But we always got labeled as the crew that came from Montreal, you know. Mm. And still to this day, that's what happens to me, you know. Like one of one of the legendary voices of Montreal, you know. Like, I'm like, come on, man, I'm not even from a, there. There's a good chance <laughs> you're gonna end up on my Montreal artist. No, I'm cool with that. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I understand it, you know. I'm understanding. It's, it's hard. It's hard for us to totally, totally get recognized as as our communities, respectively, because nobody knows what a native person looks like today. That's right. fair. So, so they expect they expect us to look just exactly like the warrior flag, or you know, but that's not the reality of it. This is like a lot of years of inter interracial uh, mixing and stuff. So this is what I look. This is what we look like today. So it's like he can't be from Ganawage. He's got to be from Montreal. You know what I mean? Like that's that's what I feel happens. I'm not saying that is the reality. I, don't I also know. think there's just a side of simplicity, right? I don't think people really can make the connection that Ganawage is different than, say, Saint Laurent. That's it. So well, in right. our mind, it's just part of the greater Montreal area. Right. 
Because yeah. even like Laval, oh, like nobody's nobody's a Laval artist. They're also <laughs> from Montreal, right? Yeah. If you're in Laval, I'm sorry if you feel that that's whatever. But we're gonna do that a lot. We'll probably apologize a few I think times. it's also I something mean, that <laughs> uh, I think it's also something that's just like I guess like he like Holden said simplicity. Because I have family in Toronto, right? right? And every time I go there, they're also like, oh, like the Montrealers are here. But this is when I was specifically living on the South Shore. Okay. So yeah, for, yeah, yeah. So it's easy. Yeah, you know, like for us there's a difference but it's like everybody just i guess it's because montreal is our like popular city yeah you know well, it's like if you were to tell me that mississauga and toronto are separate i'll believe you but to me they're the same thing well yeah you're right but uh yeah i guess anyway. all right you're right no. yeah, yeah. Just, just anyways we, as we went along you know what i mean we 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 we, we learned to take that as a as a as a tool to go forward, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So yes, now we're going to North Bay, Ontario, for a rap battle, or or we're going to we're going to um, Calgary, Alberta, for a DMC DJ competition, or nice. you know what I mean. We're I don't know wherever we're going now. It's like automatically they were like, oh, the FBI Jedi is those Indians from Montreal. So we were cool with it after a while, you know what I mean? Because now it's like, all right, we are the natives of Montreal, then fuck it. So we start using that as a way to go a little bit farther, and it, and, and it did help. And it helped all of us to have you repping Montreal over yeah, here for in the sure, city. You know? So we appreciate putting in that legwork all the way back then. Because I'm certain to this day, everyone that's rapping in the city then owes, owes a tribute yeah. or something to well, all the cats from back then. Because, yo, I mean, I know D-Shade was around yeah. back then doing yeah. some shit. I, I used to rap and with D-Shade. a couple of others. I don't actually know them, but Around. I know there's a few from back then. But... As I understand it, not many folk in this city have gone so far as to leave the city and do that many things yeah. at such a level. Um, but how long did this go on for that you guys were playing this circuit? Um, we played from nine, well, as me, myself, part of FBI was from 97 to 2005. That is a lot of years. So I was using that name. I was using, uh, sorry, I was using the name Grimm at the time. And uh, the, the whole purpose of using that name was if I'm a battle rapper, I'm going to go in there tonight and I'm taking all the rappers' souls. So that was the reason why I had that name, you know? And I chose that name and it came from a graffiti name that I wrote before I even rapped that used to be called Crim 44. Mm. Right? So that was like when it was time to rap, I was like, all right, so what's your name? You know? I don't know. Crim? They're like, that sounds real dumb. What does it mean? I'm like, it doesn't mean anything, man. My name's Crim. Well, like, you need something with meaning. I said, all right, well, I like the battle rap. I'm like, all right, well, think of something off of that with what you like already. So we came up with Grim. Fair enough. To match what all of that was about. So nice. that name alone, I mean, you could look at the history of Montreal. I've won battle raps out here. I've fucking battle rapped with Crack Lips a million times. Like he became one of my big friends, good friends in the city. Yes, yeah. Yeah, he's, I'm trying he's to probably get, watching right now. Well, yeah, <laughs> well, I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to get him up in the room, too. So if you're watching this, yo, I'm in NDG. I know you're in fucking not that far. So he's down the block. Back. Is he really, Is he that fucking close? He's got to be real close. Not I that far. Was, I thought he was a little farther away. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, to me, in the community uh, in Guadalajara, it's like, yeah, he just lives on the street. I'll walk there in 10 minutes. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. He's an NDG. Go walk here, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> I was, I well, anyways, we used, to, we, we used to uh, we used to rap a lot with him uh, with Lowe's. Um, uh, narcissist, who's Narcy now. You might know Narcy. Um, the hard grimers they were known as back then. Um, I've seen names. There's so many. There's so many of those guys from back then that are that are still active today. You know Lopeshi, right? I know Lopeshi. Yeah, yeah, you must have heard of Lopeshi. Anyways, those guys were around. We used to rap inside the fucking uh, the booth at CKUT off the hook radio, and uh, we were known as the booth dogs. So like people would call in and battle rap us. 
Oh, sick. Yeah, so like... Wait, wait, hold up. That's interesting. Yeah. So... So we've got a, a lot to happen, I guess, so it was in eight years oh, in yeah. time, right? That's right. So somewhere along the way, CKUT, that's the Ganawagi radio station? No, that's, that's, uh, or that's, the, that's university here in Montreal. That's the one at Concordia? McGill. Or McGill. Concordia, one of them. I don't know. Anyway, so it's one, yeah. so one downtown. Yeah, it was downtown. Okay, and uh, DJ Blasters is involved in that one. Well, no, not now. yet. Well, back he then. He came later. Yeah, but. At the time was um, Flow. Revolution from Sage of mm. Culture and, and my DJ, Buddha Blaze. Fair those, enough. Are, those were the, th the three main hosts. And then they had they had myself, um, uh, Crooks Matolo, uh, Low Pesci, uh, Narsi. There was a few of us. There was Justice from, uh, man, from Northern Lights. There was a bunch of them, man. And we all used to go there. And Wait, we Justice McFly? Uh, yeah, that's right. I worked with that guy at the day job for a minute. Nice. He's so like, there was a bunch of us inside the, inside this booth. You know what I mean? That would were labeled the booth dogs, and every week, every Wednesday night, you'd call in and you would battle one of us. Like, hey, yo, I want to battle this guy. I want to battle. And and the callers would call us right out first, or or sometimes just straight up. We'll start ripping. <laughs> That's amazing. So you guys, was this like a new thing that was being pioneered, or like oh, no, it was it just was, an ongoing well, it's thing? Just, it was. It was new to me, but it was. They've been doing it for years. Okay, okay. They were already like they were like ten years in when I joined. And just keep in <clears> mind, everyone, this is like actually on. This the is like two thousand four. That was I'm like probably like when high they school. <laughs> that's probably like when they stopped airing their. I mean, it's high school. The show still exists right now, but it's not the same host. Right. It's not the same the cast. It's not the same format. But it's still, it's on FM radio, though. Yeah. That's the big yeah. thing. That's 90. cool about 3. that. So, like, at any time, like, when I could have been young in the car as a kid, yeah. not necessarily knowing it, listening to Willie spitting shit up on the fucking radio Who and knows? realities. Right. Um, that's super fascinating. So, like, when it comes down to, like, shows and all of that stuff, you were, you were doing concerts and all these things along at the way, time, too? Yeah. yeah, at that time, uh, most of our drive at that time was, like, doing um, native communities that, that, like, that are remote from, from major events happening and stuff. You know, okay. there's, there's a great market available still to this day. I believe that. You know, and um, so we took advantage of that to help fund our battling trips and our our DJing trips and our, you know, we'd, we'd go check out hip-hop conferences and we we were at the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame when they inducted hip-hop. No you way. Know? So, like, there's, like, so many f big things that were, uh, that were, six, that, uh, that, we, that we, that we done from those shows that we did Northern So you Quebec, guys were basically head up to the middle of nowhere. Yeah, do a bunch of shows. Throw concerts. Now, what I understand about middle of nowhere is, uh, at least in the rock scene and the French hip-hop scene, you can basically do this tour around Little Quebec and yep. pull, like, a couple thousand profit at shows yep. just because the way the geography works is they don't have anything going on a Saturday. That's yep. it. The one a month, everyone's there, even if they yep. don't like it. Yep. And, uh, and you pull them in. And then, but the thing is, like, you do those, right? Like, say, Valdor, Quebec. Right. You do Valdor, and then we would do Waswanapi and Rapid Lake that are the two communities next to it. So just like so now we do three shows in one weekend, and then head back this way for all the you know from the south side, the south south side of the border, like you like to call it, you know anywhere in New York State and farther, right? Mm. We don't we don't have USA or Canada in my in my mind, you know the south side of the of the province, I mean of the the country. Right. <clears throat> so so, you would also so we go we go south for the battling, we go north for the shows. Okay. 
that's really interesting. And so you did that along the eight years. So basically, you were just living off of music. At that's point. it. There was there was no you guys nine were to like, five. This was the nine to five. Straight up, yeah. like you did. Like that's the dream, yeah, basically. Yeah. From from morning to night is it was you know, and during, write, record, how many uh, like, rehearse, do a couple of shows, come back, and do the same thing for forty hours a week. We were treating it like a job, and we were getting paid paid like one. It's amazing. We had to set up similar to yours here with the 12 computers there. And I don't know if you guys remember MySpace. I yeah, do. We had, had the friend blaster. We had the friend blaster going. Our songs okay. were up to a million views. We're going to have to stop here and talk about <laughs> MySpace for a second. Because, oh no, because, like, I think it's such an important part oh, of the story. Because what we're trying, what we're doing here is kind of piecing together all these different elements that led to your success today, right? Right. And so I want to know all about your myspace experience were you like at the jump of my like were yeah we on, were there right at the beginning so you guys are on that shit before msn messenger yeah. that i'm too young for but you'd yeah, be yeah. the right age for yeah, I, yeah. icq i think I, did, I didn't do the whole messenger thing it, it was available but uh we, we, we skipped that completely for myspace because it was mm. it was like the the itunes of its time i guess are like mm. i like it's more of a hands-on soundcloud i guess you can say you know like if yeah. that makes sense no, it is. For, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping everybody watches. <laughs> but it's like basically Facebook with music plugins. That's it. Yeah, and here's my top ten songs, and you know, oh, and then, gosh, and then it, we use this program called Friend Blaster. Okay. Where you take yep. your account and you could fucking add thousands of people in minutes. Yep. Or you can go thousands of views in minutes. Right. I, I did all this as a kid. Yeah, man, and, and we, we used to do thing. this, man. And, and, we had our songs up to a million views and we had it, you know, but we didn't have music videos and stuff. It wasn't important at that time, you know, like, I mean, it was always important, but like at an independent level, it wasn't. I would argue it's questionably important uh, today. Uh, it's good it's, to have. It's good to have. It's a nice piece of uh, equipment to have in your arsenal. Yeah. But I, would, uh, I, I like to do music videos. It's fun. I, I think they're great <laughs> art pieces. I would question the value of an ROI unless you have a whole thing set up. That's it. But, uh. So you guys effectively, how many albums did you have that came out during this period? Like how much, what was your like, the volume of work? Were you doing the mixtape thing? Were you we doing did, studios? Yeah, we, we did both. We did, um, like I mentioned earlier, Prelude to Prophecy was the first one. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I had to burp, that's so I was looking at it. No worries. <laughs> uh, um, we had Prelude to Prophecy, then we did um, a mixtape series called Audio Crack. Okay. And we, and we did five parts to that. And what those were is like a legit mixtape. Like we actually had our DJs mix all the songs and uh, we would blend in our songs in the mixes. You know what I mean? Okay. So now you have all the popular artists, the Jay-Z's, the MOPs, you know, everybody like that. And then we blend our songs in the mixes. So okay. like, so now like, I don't know if you guys remember Funkmaster Flex. No, I, I uh, get it. He did the 60 minutes of funk. Yep. Well, that's what we did. We made 60 minute mixes, usually a little bit longer, 60, 65 minutes or whatever. But we always get that bonus track at the end. But that's basically what it was. It's like, yo, check us out. <laughs> DJs were phenomenal, by the way. We placed second in Canada at one time. Um, that's dope. So the mixtapes were always fucking crazy. They were always bananas. And then we would throw in our own jams. We'd throw in a diss track, a party track, and, a, and, and just a... Uh, this would be like whatever. taking the pop songs of the time. No, we were making our own songs. On their music? Like, no, no. Well, we would take the pop songs, That's obviously. That's what I'm saying. And then mix that mixed in. Mix all them it. together and throw our songs in the mix. Versus like the 50 Cent style of Jack and Beats yeah. and rapping on it. Yeah. Okay, perfect. That's really clever, too. Um, I don't actually know, personally, a lot of people who've ever fucked with that strategy. I don't know how legal it is, personally. I don't know. It, was, it wasn't legal, and that's the way we were doing it, because it leads up to exactly what I was getting to next. 
So we were doing these and we were going to all these native communities where they don't get to hear a DJ ever mix. They don't oh, get to see, you know, like, and, and the other part we were doing too was like all the cover art, we were hand drawn the cover art, right? With graffiti artists that we had with us, we were hand drawn everything and we were using, we were using popular imagery as, as, as a uh, symbolism inside of our art. So say if our, uh, our, um, our audio crack volume three, for instance, was called dropping hot shit, right? So we put a toilet bowl on fire, right? And there was a fucking Pepsi logo hidden in there. So now the people up north are like, oh, look, Pepsi, I can relate to that. They don't know what the hell's on here, but they see Pepsi. Boom, they're taking that and they're running, you know? So it was, and, and another one we used was the McDonald's on an igloo, you know what I mean? Like we're going way out of hell up north. We called it ice cold chilling, uh, ice cold grilling. Um, and there was a guy doing barbecue next to his igloo with the McDonald's logo. It says over a billion stoned or whatever was in there. <laughs> so we were just trying to throw little, you know, like little jokes at everything. And, and, and we probably would have get sued in today's world because we used all these people's logos and all these, you know. Yeah, it might have got And we're using their music, so we probably would have really got sued. But that's what we were doing was audio crack, jacking for beats, audio crack. Dropping hot shit, and we always well, gave I, a different title to each one, you know. As long as you never did it, well, you, you could probably have not gotten. And sued. this is the thing, dude. They were on tape. You just couldn't. Not many have people had tape. So <laughs> the way you could sell albums, but I, you would have gotten away with it the way everyone else did. Yeah, they were on cassette tape. I mean, if you ever go into, uh, if you go walk downtown in uh, Brooklyn or, or or in the city like that, there's so many people that are just like, "Yo, want to buy this album? This is Fifty Cent's mixtape from like 1992." Like. There's just so many people like that, so that's the that's the that's the mentality we had towards it. We're basically like selling out the trunk, mm. you know what I mean, to to markets where this kind of stuff doesn't happen. We're coming from big cities. These people up way the hell up north are already amazed that these people are coming to their community. Like, wow, there's rappers coming here, and now they're gonna leave little pieces, little little rabbit snacks. Like I like to call them because the rabbit always comes back. Mm -hmm. So we leave all these little pieces, then we'd come back the next time with a full album of our songs, not just one or two songs in a mix. We'd come back with a full album, all out the trunk. You know? so that's yeah. real important what he just said. Don't come on too strong. That's it, man. Never. It's like when you're dating and you're trying to acquire <laughs> a mate, right? Depends you, you who you with. General, okay, generally yes, good yes, practices. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you want to not come on too strong. You want to lay it down That's a little, it. and then come in and snag it later on. That's it. And generally, it's an effective strategy, and I like that. That's real smart. Another great lesson: go to where the the need is. So it's, it's honestly like y'all took this like you found a hole in the market. It's almost like you took a content marketing course from 2018 and applied that knowledge to the past. <laughs> <laughs> I never did any of that. That's just crazy. Like. I can't even take all the credit either. That's the that's the that's the worst thing about. I mean, the best thing about this, I guess you could say, there was there was a, a a tight bond between the nine of us, and we all threw ideas together on a table just like this, and we said, you know what? One of us, if not if not all of us, one of us is gonna get out of here, and we're all coming. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that that was that was the main goal is that we need to get the fuck out of here because like if you go to these communities like I mentioned earlier, they're not nice places. Right. Gunawag is the nicest, one of the nicest communities you'll ever go to. We we live close to the city. We took advantage of the river all these years. The fur trade was all here. We got put in a, I mean, on the land we live on, we got put in a shitty spot. But strategically placed, we took advantage of it. And now we have a great economy and everything. So, But these other communities don't have right. half as much as us. 
as as we do here in Ganawagi. So that's the, that's the reason why we're like, all right, we need to we need to help these guys get farther, help them see something that they'll probably never see, you know. So that's it was a, it was a collective too. that just wanted to get out, you know, and wanted to see other things in the world, you know, mm -hmm. than just our communities, you know. It's and it's like it's like you're in a small little uh, what do they call that? You shake it up there in a snow globe. Snow globe. It's like you're in a snow globe every day when you yeah. you live in these communities. It's like the whole world's looking at you, but you can't go there. Yeah. You can't do this. But we're like, fuck that. We're getting the fuck out of here. We're busting that glass, and we're going to see everything. Yeah. Can I, can I just interject? This yeah. guy taught us all another great point if we think about what he just said. Have a mission statement that's not about you. And why I say that is because we're in an era where so many people is all about, I want to be the best. I want to be the superstar. And uh, I get I get it. We're all, we all kind of want to be the best. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. As I've gotten older, and maybe this does come with age, I appreciate more the dudes and the ladies who are out there, like, grinding for others. Like, when I say Willie on the internet, it's always putting people on. Yeah. It's always helping. So I can tell you that with the man is energy, like, this is legitimately... For at least two years, I've seen him actively on Facebook doing yeah. shit in the vein of what he's describing. So he's a he's a real one in that regard. But just to hear how 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 much it's like motivated by such a bigger purpose. And you see it in his messaging and stuff. And like that is important, I believe, to longevity because you're 40 and you're doing this, right? <laughs> That's not the same thing as even being in your early 30s. Yeah. or in your 20s it's it's all different how many people at 40 are still doing <laughs> shit like well, this i'm just gonna have to say that someone that's 26 per se and that's feeling successful right now in 14 more years you're gonna look back and say wow i could have did this way differently and been more successful yeah Man, you know that I mean? sounds like deja vu so, i've heard that many a time i'm just saying it's it's, <laughs> it's the reality of what i thought i was doing good then and i was getting little tin bits of cash mm. or whatever you want to you know whatever Whatever form of uh, whatever form of income you want to call mm -hmm. it, like a lot of people do things for more than just money. You know what I mean? There, mm -hmm. There's a barter system that still exists in the industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, oh, fuck, if I was gonna say, it. but anyways, what I thought was doing good then, if I were to apply what I know now, then that would have been crazy. But you can't do yeah, that kind of a of comparison. That's the unfortunate. It's just, it's just, it just. We knew then. That so, all these things that we were doing were going to affect them. But I, I'm comparing you to other 40-year-olds today and how few of them still chase their dreams. Well, I think that's you know, where that's, your well, longevity is based on things like your marketing practices of branding and establishing a reputation. But also, as a person, I think having a mission that's bigger than yourself gives you that drive to keep pushing past the oh, age yeah. when you're supposed to stop, per but se. But it seems like also just like true ambition like true dedication to what you believe in and to what you stand up for like that whole you know you're doing it for your community you're doing it to show other people what the other world is like and kind of what you can give back is what yeah. i'm feeling and it's like that that just shows the raw ambition that you carry in this and yeah n being 40 and still doing that <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, that's just genuine. You might not see it the way I see it, but I see a lot of forty-year-olds that couldn't give a shit in my life. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I, I I see it every day. I see uh, a couple of my friends actually that are the same age as me. There's a younger kid coming up in the community that's trying to be a rapper, right? Hmm. And uh, he he chose the wrong time of the night to send a song to his family members, right? So he got a whole bunch of hate mail publicly on on, on social medias and. 
You know, like, hey, you need to grow up, kid. You're not a rapper. Your rap dream's done. He's only 26. You know, like, come on, dude. You can't do that to him. He's going to evolve. You know what I, I mean? Like, he just chose the wrong time to send you some shit. I only started when I was 25 or well, 6. Well, there you go. Like, <laughs> it's not even about that. I mean, it's like, like, like you said, you're like, to, to, to achieve it, to achieve success or... I, I, I really don't care if I never make a million dollars. I really don't care if I ever see it, you know, like, own yeah. 12 cars. I don't need that yeah. any of that shit, you know? So, like, I keep it very basic. That's you know, and I I know that the reason why I do that is it's it's because I want to influence other people to be able to understand that the world needs us to be smarter daily. Mm -hmm. And if it's just me doing it, well then, you know I'm gonna uh, I gotta try to like fight with like the strength of eighty men. You know what I mean every day. That's what I mean. It's bigger than Willie. That's amazing. Um, all right. So you basically spent eight years with the FBI yeah. Jedi cries, and you guys banged out. Uh, FBI Jedi's. FBI Jedi's. <laughs> banged out the tours. Yeah, but you then we out the battle raps, the we radios, left, we left off at the, MySpace. I left off up, uh, the copywriting with the mm. mixtape, but that's what's gonna lead up to my next one. See, because we never, we never um, took it as copyright infringement or anything like that. Because you constantly say we're not a part of your society you constantly tell us we're not this we're not that we don't want to be canadian we don't want to be american we know that we we've lived this way right so now rabbit ears right we say if your music gets here it's no longer yours it's on our territory now uh, so that's nice. what we pulled all right okay. so now if they want to come sue us come get us on the territory because those same laws there don't apply here yeah so Come get us. This led to our last album that we that, that we released, and uh, that was the the exiting point for the group. This was in two thousand five. This is two thousand four. Okay. We get our album. We, we we sit down. We got our two producers, all the MCs that are gonna be on the album. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do this album. We got this. We got. We got we got this producer doing this style. We got this producer. Ah, you know what? Scrap all of that idea. The main producer steps up and he goes, you guys never gave me a chance to show you anything that I ever did. You always made me just teamwork with people. He's like, I want to do something for you guys. All from me. He's like, everybody just take the back seat on this one. And he comes up with a whole strategic strategic plan. He's got it all ready. He's ready. You know, he's got the fucking the script set. So what we do is we call the album Rock Out With Your Cock Out. And he samples nothing but heavy metal and rock music that you're not allowed to touch like michael jackson's beat it uh metallica's one uh all these fucking huge songs like metallica had just sued, sued napster not right. much before right so he's like fuck them tell them to come get us here so we fucking sampled all these legendary records and wrote wrote this album called rock out with your cock out did a crazy uh promotional uh photo shoot everything was huge uh, like I said earlier with MySpace, the songs were up to like a million views each, even like track eight on the album. You know what I mean? Like all of them were just fucking going crazy. And then, uh, you know, people start having kids. Mm. People start uh, getting married. That's what it is usually. And now, now I'm 24 years old now, not 17 no more, you know, 24, 25. And I was stuck in a predicament. Everybody else fucked off. They all went back to their home communities. They all went to, you know succeed in the fucking world i guess you know and, and forgot the goal of all of us doing this together you know so now there was a couple of us left behind and uh i i totally lost the drive i i didn't see the light no more i i was by myself and i'm like i don't have his skills his skills his skills or, or, or her skills or you know 
what the fuck am I supposed to do? I, I so then, appreciate so that. So then, then it, that's when I had a child of my own too. And then I took a couple of years raising that child. And uh, the, I realized that the only thing that truly made me happy, like the child made me fucking happy. Don't get me wrong. Child's the best thing in the fucking world. I named them the sky because I looked to the sky for fucking good fucking answers, you know? That's a cool name. So anyways... I decided that I have to do this music again. I, I need to fucking get involved in the scene. I, I, I don't see Gunawage doing anything. There was no shows. There was no activity. There was nothing happening. Maybe one or two annual shows so like, just, the, like uh, the other communities. It turned out to be like everywhere else. And I was like, this is not right because we live too close to a big city not to have this happening all the time. So what, when is this that you're feeling this? Is, this is like 2010. So like after like five years of doing nothing, well, I fell I off mean, the map. Having a kid is... Yeah. Apparently, it takes a few years before well, you can go back to normal from what a lot of new fathers yeah. have told me. Well, I had a child before that one. But the, the second one, the second one is the one that made me like, okay. oh, it's time to get to this. You know, like he, he doesn't have a future if I'm not fucking hard on it. Mm. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, we didn't, we didn't talk about the full background, but I fucked up a lot as a young person and it, it really put me in the position to have only hip hop today. You know what I mean? So I'm thankful for those mistakes because now here I can stand up and say I'm a man and I did this through music. Right. And uh, my family eats. We have a house and we have everything great. All the amenities are in the house. And, uh, you know, it took a lot of years to fucking really, really focus back and get that same light and drive back in my body. But uh, once I did that, I formed a group Beat Vandals. Um, I put together a fucking a unique team actually a couple of guys from fbi a couple of guys from another reserve uh, another territory sorry um a couple of people from here in the city another guy from the farm areas in uh, quebec I, I i i gathered a couple of good people and uh about alongside of my buddy uh desu we, we did that together and uh we fucking blazed the trail through eastern ontario in the first month together we went on tour and I, from there it just went to what it is now man in the last 10 years that's crazy say 10 years or anything 2020 yeah. <laughs> the second the second coming is like already 10 years in this is right. bananas that's uh like i said longevity that's it that's not something everybody can just go do a yeah. lot of these guys aren't necessarily quite as active yeah. When I say Coit is active, I mean, you're active in a way where everybody in Montreal seems to know who the fuck you are right now. Yeah, everybody. It's not been that everybody way. knows who everybody else is in this. I'm obviously not yeah, yeah. everybody. everybody. No, I know what you mean, though. Um, okay, so let's go. Like, is a, a lot has to have happened in the last decade as you've evolved oh, to man. this point. Oh, so, so much. You come back in in 2010, and you're also going through Ontario. Is but no, what, uh, what I wanted to say earlier was that the scene was stale in Guatemala, right? Mm. And I was still I was still using social media. By then, it had moved on to Facebook, right? So I was still using it, but I wasn't an artist. I wasn't a promoter yet. I wasn't a booking agent. I was just a person. Right. I was doing a 9-to-5 shit, uh, cutting trees or whatever the fuck it was. And uh, I was just living, you know, raising my son, doing the best I could as a dad, you know, being there every single day, putting food on the table, you know, doing the, doing, doing what I'm supposed to every, you know, every right. minute of the day. But at the same time, when when Friday or Saturday came, I was like, just bored, you know, like where the, where's the excitement I used to have for these nights? Where's the, you know, like where's, you know, where did that all go? Where's the adrenaline? Where's the, where's the buzz? And I realized that with everybody else gone, I was the only one that could bring that buzz back. Mm. So I start doing events with, my, like I said, my buddy Desu. When we started Beat Vandals, we also started a production company called AK-47 Entertainment. 
And uh, with that, we, we, we decided that we're going to start bringing in big cover bands. Uh, it started out like that, you know, we had like Led Zeppelin cover bands and uh, okay. Red Hot Chili Pepper cover bands. But then it was always like, all right, well, we're going to pay these guys and now we're going to pay the sound guy and we're going to pay the MC. And we're going to, wait, wait, what do you mean the MC? I'm the MC, you know, like and it was just formed that way, you know, just, it was just, I'm going to MC because I want to be a part of this shit. I don't want to just be the behind the scenes guy. This is not giving me the same vibe still. I need the stage. I need the, the spotlights. I need the. So, so that you guys come back in and start doing rock cover band concerts? Like... Yeah, well, that's, that's, well, not when we started with like, because it was a, it was a big mixture. Of I just have to say AK-47 that's. AK-47 was a, a production company. Okay, so Beat that Vandals was, was our own thing by the same people. No, I get that. So, so basically, your production company fuck with anything, and Beat yeah. Vandals was more your We're musical brand. Fair. Because it was just, to me, it's open-minded as fuck to be yeah. sitting there, and all of a sudden, Red Hot Chili Peppers cover bands is being brought into this conversation. <laughs> it's, when you hear it, yeah, it's yeah. pretty open-minded. And, like, again, on that opportunistic mindset that you had earlier. Yeah. So like yeah, we start doing those kind of things, and they were big shows. Like people were coming out, you know. So we made a name with that, and we then that's when we decided that AK Forty Seven is gonna be our entertainment company. You know what I mean? Because now that now the main boss gives it over to his son, who's my buddy Desu at the time, and uh, we we decide that we're gonna use AK Forty Seven as like a record label launching for Beat Vandals. Mm. You know what I mean? So now it's like you know how there's always like G Unit of whatever the I don't know how to follow all this crap no more, man. I don't even pay attention. I focus on me. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, 50 Cent of G-Unit, to say. All right. All right. So, everybody always has that. So, we were always, like, beat panels of AK-47 Entertainment. So, we traveled, started doing some shows. Right off the bat, we get uh, a big one here in Montreal at the Teen Fest. I don't know if you guys remember that a couple of years back. That was, uh... They had uh, Cash Money there. Uh, there was a couple of artists from Cash Money. Gotta, gotta. I don't remember their names, man. But it was a big thing. Like, all the teenage schools were invited. The hall was filled. There was thousands of kids everywhere. And uh, it was a big deal. Like, all the big artists in Montreal at the time were there. Um, Midnight, uh, Silky, uh, Natasha, Marie. There was a few big, big artists at the time that were there. And... Uh, we had that opportunity we blew the roof off the place apparently like i mean i felt good about the performance you know like uh, it was what we rehearsed and somebody in the crowd was uh, impressed and they brought us on tour we toured uh for 10 shows i think it was across uh southern quebec and uh ontario that's amazing so then that was the that was the point when there was only the three of us in beat vanas doing those shows at the time me Myself, uh, White Lies, and Juggernaut, and we had uh, Oric on uh, the keyboard, Oric Terry. Um, <clears throat> and then that's when it became a little bit more serious. People seeing like, holy shit, man. Like, I know I helped with production. I know I helped with, uh, you know, writing vocals for one guy or whatever it was. You know what I mean? And uh, everyone's like, all right, well, now I want in full time. This is crazy. I want to be a part of this. And that's when we became beat vandals in the sense that we have seven MCs, three producers at all times, and, and two studio engineers. So it was like as if we almost mimicked what we did 10, 15 years ago and just like started it again yeah, in a different name, you know? It's a good formula, only now you're not the little one, you're the leader one. Yeah, no, I'm the leader, so so I have to lead all these guys and uh, we start doing all of that and uh, man, the, roads, the, the road that, that it led to was uh, a, lot, a lot of 
big shows. We opened up for um, Master Ace in Philadelphia. We okay. opened up for um, Two Live Crew in Montreal at the Underworld. Was it wild? We gotta stop at Two Live Crew. Is that wild? Is that like oh, man, what, you, what you see on YouTube and shit? Is that what? on the stage. There wasn't 14 of them, but there was there was booties. All right, all right. They weren't in bikinis, but there was booties. I'll take it. Yeah, it was it was cool. They brought a guy on stage. The girl gave him a booty dance, and he had a boner and walked off stage. And I was embarrassed in front of everybody. The guy put the spotlight right on his dick. Ah. So yeah, there was uh, a lot of a lot of big shows. Um, MOP in Toronto. Uh, that's sick. There's just so many, man. Like. Uh, but that's you that's 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 path that we chose at that time we figured that if we're doing these big events because that's what it was is they they seen us as part of ak-47 and another person in the city that did work with our ex-boss and he's like hey wait i recognize that so then he grabbed us and then it was a uh, what the hell were they called i can't remember anyways they were a promotion team and they grabbed us and they put us on all these shows we opened up for the outlaws um, man, there was just so many at that time, you know, they were just putting us on all these events. Boom, boom, this boom, is boom. all like the early 2010s? This is 2010 to like 2015. Okay, so this is like so a good five, five year years. period, you know, we're, we, they were putting us on everything, anything that came through the underworld, they were putting us on there. Um, anything that came through, uh, what the hell's that venue in Ottawa, man, I can't remember what it was called. But anyways, it was a, there was a spot in Ottawa, it, it was a hip hop spot and it's not open anymore, but they were always sending us there and those were the two spots he had connections with. So anytime a big name came, like Tech 9 we were put on. Fair you know, enough. So. When did you, did you do Tech 9 I'm a Tech 9 In Ottawa. Uh, I don't remember what year it was, 2006, That's wild. That is pretty, it's pretty... Actually, no, 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 not 12. That's what I'm saying, 2016, maybe, no, like, 14. That's so wild, that's so close. Back. That's pretty good. That's, that's uh, not long after I got into tech yeah. for the first time. Yeah. But, okay, since you're talking about touring with famous people, do you have any uh, good stories of this <laughs> era that you're allowed to share? That I'm allowed to share? Well, because <laughs> there might be stuff you can't share on camera that you well, can yeah, share Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> I called the... Um, I called Federal Star Sticky Fingers. Nice. <laughs> so I'm like backstage with Onyx doing an interview for, uh, I used to work for K103 Radio in Kahnawake. You did interviews? Oh, yeah, I was doing interviews. Um, <laughs> I have radio background too, no, it's amongst just, all of this. It's just like we're in the middle of this. <laughs> we're, it says 47 minutes in and we're still finding out new shit that was involved in the middle of what you're doing. That's pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. So during all of that, at the same time, I was also working on a radio station as the morning show host. Um, nice. That's the Ganawagi radio that's station. Radio that's station. 103.7 or 103.9 or whatever. Honestly, they play hip-hop at night sometimes. Here's what's up. When you're at least young, that radio station was cool, in my opinion. Yeah. It was always random. Yeah. You never knew what the fuck you were going to get <laughs> when you put that radio well, station they're, they're, on. Their format's tight now. Well, it was more just the variation between yeah, shows and styles of shit. it everything yeah. ended up being there but yeah there and you could say fuck if i'm not uh, mistaken no 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 that was the, we did that in the city here oh yeah that was the, the mcgill one yeah, yeah. yeah fair enough but um so yeah amongst all of that yes i was also doing radio and uh they would send me to a lot of really good shows the radio station and a lot of them i would i'd refer myself to through 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 them you know like Hey man, look these guys. I, I did the morning show, right? So the music is not hip hop. It's morning show music, you know. Yeah. Like, 
So when a good show was coming to the city, I'd be like, hey, K103, can you pull a string for me and get me to that show and interview these people? So I would do, I would take that as a, as a good way to meet these people. So this is at the same time as we're touring, but all these other big artists are, are doing events with these artists. I wouldn't say touring. So when you when you met these people, did you have like a strategy for what you wanted to get out of it outside of just, so you wanted to interview them, but then did you walk in with this like plan, like I'm going to get no, a feature? I just, don't uh, plan anything. Just it's always been my way. Just walk in. Walk in, talk. I respect that. I don't uh, I don't like, because if you think too much about it, like, oh, okay, well, in 1997, you said this in a lyric, and they're like, they're not thinking that far ahead, especially at the backstage at a venue. I suppose what inspired this is I was talking to somebody and they tell me how they would get into shows, you know, mm -hmm. another person, and uh, they would like have like a contract, not like a contract, but like almost like a paperwork, like a one pager ready to hand off to artists when they would like meet them. Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot of times they don't even look at that. Like, I'll, I'll be honest, like when I do like the, like the big festivals like we had here in Montreal a couple of years ago was, uh, I forget what it was, Aboriginal Day or something like that. There was people coming in to interview and they were sending the papers and uh, we, we, we're backstage, man. We're having fun. We're not worrying about reading no papers. Like, mm. come on, man, bring it to me later or bring it to me before the show, you know, like, so a lot of times like, yeah, come in, talk, you know, like, let's, let's get this over with, you know, kind of thing. So, right. But if you go in there knowing these artists in a sense, like, not like, Hey man, we went to high school together, knowing them, like more or less like, uh. Like I followed Onyx my whole life, you know. That's one of one of my favorite groups of all time. So it was it was easy for me because I knew everything about their fucking careers. I'm like a, a statistician when it comes to fucking shit like that, you know. So I was like, all right, man. I remember when Fredro Star, I mean, uh, when Sticky Fingers got his ass kicked in an MTV uh, celebrity death match, uh, blah 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 blah. Just bringing up all kind of stuff, you know, like bringing up movies that Fredro Star played in, and I was just using all of that. But the moral of the story is this is the shittiest part is that. I went to went to interview Federal Star and I said, "So Sticky, tell me this." And he looked at me and he's like, "All right, there, John." <laughs> so he immediately got me back right away. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know your name's Willie, but right now you're John because you fucked my name up. Yeah. So now I'm like, "Oh man, sorry, man, I screwed that up." Eh? He's like, "Yeah, yeah, don't talk to me no more, John." He's like, "Go over there and talk to Sticky. I don't, I have nothing else left to say to you." <laughs> you know, like basically didn't recognize him for who he really is. You know. So he's like, ah, fuck you, kind of thing. So that was like, holy fuck, yeah, you know, like you really gotta, really gotta focus mm -hmm. when you're talking to, to, to celebrities, I guess, right? Because they're, 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 they're people too and they're offended easily. Honestly, if you ever do customer service and talk to just people and you fuck up their name, they're just as mad as, uh, they're just as mad. Yeah. I think people just get real weird about names. Yeah, I guess you're just supposed to remember, right? Like everybody. Um, I mean, well, like it's I more said, like, in moments like that, I'd fuck up like that for yeah. a while. Like, I met Locksmith at, like, a show, and he was just taller than me, and I was, like, literally shaking, because, I mean, it's fucking Locksmith. He's, like, six foot four. And, um, and he's, like, fucking famous, and he's just so talented, yeah. you're just, like, so, like, caught up in the moment, <laughs> and you're, like, this well, is Well, he was in those battles back in the day, too. I, just to, just to... You see, Matt, you know, you know Locksmith? Yeah, we've, we've, we've came across paths before. You ever battled them? I didn't battle him, but he's, he was in the battles. Fair enough. He was around. Um, there was quite a few of those guys. I know uh, one of the patrons who will likely be watching this episode is a huge freaking locksmith fan. Oh, that's uh, good. Like, well, uh, put me on to him and uh, dude's a talented MC. Did you ever um, watch Locksmith at the MTV battle? I did not, but check I should that probably out. It's probably check one of his it earliest on-camera performances. Uh, he's got a battle without cursing in front of teeny boppers on MTV <laughs> TRL with Carson Daly. 
you know, like it's like real like poppy, but he fucking tears it right up. That's amazing. Yeah. To, so to be able to not curse and still have those kind of battle lines ready, he, he did a hell of a job. He didn't win the battle, but he, he did very good. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, fuck him right now. We're not so, talking about him. So from 2010 to... <laughs> So from 2010 to 2015, you're basically hanging out with the famous peoples and opening up and living yeah. out. We could say a bit of the rap star dream that many of us in the lower tier hope to aspire to get to someday. Mm -hmm. uh, so at what point does that evolve into the next thing or change up? Cause well, that's that's the thing, though. Like While all that's happening, there's still other things that are popping. There's um, 2011... Marks no wait 2013 sorry 2013 marks the year that we started music for miracles tell us and about this that. is this is in the midst of all of this other shit that's happening right so um what it was with music for miracles is that myself in the beat vandals and this other group that we were uh, doing shows without in Aquas us the other Mohawk territory and the, the other side of the the south side they're in the state side, if you want to put it in those terms. Anyways, they're maybe about two hours away from us, and um, they're a rap group from their name, Red. I played them on my show a couple times. You might have heard of them, but um, anyways, they're they're over there on their community, and we're over here in our community, and we're both facing we're both facing um, young children with life-threatening diseases very close to us. So one artist in that group is like, fuck, I'm all down, you know, like my, my little niece is sick, she's gonna die, she's you know, always worried. And on my side, I have my nephew who's sick and then, you know, in dire need of help. And in context, you guys... We, we decided that, you, you know... Can't, you guys are able to, you're not able to use the healthcare system, are you? Like, I don't actually... Yeah, 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 I mean, that's not the point, right? The point is, is that these kids need help fast. No, fair enough. Right? Yeah, yeah, so we, we have Medicare and all of that, but it, it's it's cancer. It's heavy. It's, right, 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 right. It's not just, let's go get your fucking root canal fixed, you know, like, yeah. it's it's heavy shit, and these are babies. They're they're under a year old at the time, you oh, know, like, shit. so we're like, you know what, let's, let's find a way that we could do shows forever, <laughs> if you know what I mean. We found a way that if we start Music for Miracles between Aguazaste and Ganawage, then we can do trips every three more three months four months you know back and forth so we always have a place to perform so what we came up with while we were thinking of that plan we get this news about these kids so we're like all right now we got it now it all makes sense everything all the chips fell down you know like and everybody everybody's ready to play now we understand we have to do these events annually for every time the community needs an extra help and at that point, these two kids needed it. One kid's name was Madden, and the other kid's name was Madison, if I'm not mistaken. And their, their names are so close that we're like, all right, let's think of a name. So we're like, music for Madden, music for... And we're like, fuck it, music for Miracles, because we're going to help everybody. We're going to bring miracles to all the communities. So that's what we came up with that name, and um, and that's in 2013. And so now we're 2020, so we're like, fuck. We're almost close to... Uh, <laughs> almost close to a decade of doing that it's really cool because even with the music of music for miracles it's like you're still that that pure genuine like that genuine for community is still there yeah it's like still you're, like bigger than yourself yeah it's, it's still it. bigger yeah. than yourself i just have to say of everything you've done music for miracles is the one thing i've genuinely and sincerely heard of that's like completely outside of your more recent efforts like that shit is pretty respectable yeah, we've done uh, Music for Miracles here in the city. We've done, we've traveled with that, man. We went 
Like with us there, we went to Garcidage, we went to... So it's just kind of like... We, we bring the show to, to other places wherever. wherever there's a need. So you know, they it's like, not just about native people. It's not just about our communities. It's about every human so being that needs the help. Let's pretend that we're not needing to wear masks anymore right. and life is back to normal. Somebody would just reach out to you and kind of make the case of what's going on and then you guys set that up? Or? Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, we had families straight up message us, you know, like, hey, look, this, this is happening, man. Like, uh, my daughter has leukemia or like... You know what I mean? My family's house burnt down or, you know, these are just uh, my uncle drowned in the river or, you know, like funeral coverage. We try to do anything to help where help is needed, you know, because there's not a, not every family can afford things like that. Like when your kid has cancer and you're in the hospital for three years, you can't go to work. Yeah. Your parking bill is through the roof. Yeah. You know, you're from a small community. You got to go to the city. Gas is going to cost a lot, you know, like so. Yeah. These are the things we always have to put into consideration. Like, even the food that they're going to be eating while they're in the hospital, you know, like, that, that costs, you know. So, these are all things that we, we, we put into mind when we do these shows. These shows, And, uh, like I said, uh, the main goal eventually in one turn, one time in life is to have a Music for Miracles Cross Canada tour. And uh, I'm, I'm going to work on that till the day I die. I think you pull that off. Like, that's I it. think it's possible. That's, like, honestly, I mean... You, you're effectively creating a not-for-profit, or I, did, I don't know if you went. No, that, no one takes nothing. It goes 100% no. to each cause. Right. And no then, one takes uh, a dime. That's what I was gonna ask. How does like how does that work? So like, let's say I call you. I have a thing. I tell you what's going on. You then put on a show. Right. Nobody gets paid. Right. Nobody takes a dollar. And the only person that gets money is that cause. Is the the one the I sole came cause. I mean, the only like, person that gets money. Like just so it's more like a donation. That's kind right. of like even anecdotally, okay. right? Uh, right before the situation, I was supposed. To, I I'd uh, reached out to Make a Wish. Make a Wish. We yeah. had a Make a yeah. Wish situation. So behind that suit was going to throw its first show for Make a Wish. Okay. The venue was free. The DJ was free. Everybody's free. Yeah. When you're doing it for other people, that's it. Is it. a little trick I I learned out of nowhere this mm-hmm. year. So. On that point, it's really like people pay money, and I'm, I'm just going to assume everybody voided a lot of costs to help you guys make this That's happen. That's it, for sure, for sure. And then we also have uh, fundraisers. We have like silent auctions over here with a bunch of items companies donate and shit, and we have like raffles and half and halves. So right, eventually, you guys like, you guys eventually like, it goes, it goes through the roof. Some nights, you know, we could raise between two thousand dollars to fifteen thousand dollars in a night. You know, it's like like really well done because I mean effectively you just did proper event planning and did yeah. all the things that you're supposed to do to run yeah. an event properly. And again, man, you throw a not for profit and you're sincere. It's a lot simpler than if you're trying to make money properly. I mean, for and yourself. then and then I still do the events where I'm paying artists and you know, yeah, but. I mean, just, yeah, I, I get that. To mm-hmm. me, that's a very sensible grind to have the more altruistic front that exists because it's, you know, a good use of your talent, time, and everything. That's it. On the other side, it's also fucking great branding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> like it's, I don't believe you did it for great branding, but my no. first thought is, damn, that makes our scene look fucking good. <laughs> like, it's... It's it's a huge, it's a, it's been a big epiphany. Like had had the COVID not gone down, I would have been looking into partnering. You would have been performing at it, possibly. Right. Um. But I would have been trying to get my own version of just that idea. Like yeah. it's it's come. I'm committed in my mind just to the idea of at least partnering. I don't know how. Yeah. I just said I'm gonna do it, and then all of a sudden locked in our apartments for months. But it's now like just maybe not 
exactly that, but that's an, something like that. It's mm-hmm. just, uh, to me, it's important for, especially on the older end of shit, to give back like that. So I just had to say I respect I respect you so much. Thank you. For, for seven, eight years of doing something so incredible. Because it sounds yeah. like you guys just almost like on demand and that's incredible too yeah well definitely it's uh, on demand because like just recently one of our members of our band passed away oh so that shit's expensive and the family too. and the family uh you know uh, we told the family right from the start that we want to do something that's going to honor her legacy as a musician in this community well, my so oh we're, we're, we're doing i saw a, you posting yeah, about yeah, that yeah, recently. We're, we're doing a fundraiser for that to help you know put put a nice piece on her tombstone from us as the music uh, Mohawk music movement, you know, so it doesn't stop. You know what I mean? There's always something we're trying to do to you know to, to, to let everybody know that we're here and we care. You know? That's yeah. amazing. So you've got the for-profit shows you do. Also, that's just like you know the regular grind. You've got mm-hmm. all of this going on. You've got what? What else is happening then? So as, as uh, time's moving on, as time moves so on, we're at 2013. Because <laughs> I mean, I, 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 for me, I basically really Willie started doing these live internet shows. Yeah. I sent Willie my song, and he said very nice things about me. I was like, wow, Willie, that's great. I'm gonna keep watching your show. And <laughs> then it just turned out that I've probably met now about three rappers that I've added to Facebook through the little network yeah. Willie seems to be building up on his his show. So I see that the culture focused thing he's doing today yeah but we're still at 2013 with music for miracles starting and i'm like that's so much what's that oh yeah yeah for sure we'll get to that <laughs> so yeah um well, that, that's uh, still amazing the so, evolution of willie continues <laughs> but i i think like if you look at every great person in history that's kind of how it is it's it this should, it should be, right? evolution it there's always more pieces being added every couple yeah. of years yeah for sure and um there's so many other little pieces, man. Um, during that period, I decided that I'm uh, during. Actually, it was during a Music for Miracles show. I think it was like the third annual. Um, we had an open mic at the end of the night. Mm. So we're like, hey, anybody out there that sings, raps, uh, plays the banjo, I don't give a shit. Whatever you play the fiddle, come up here. You know, we're all just gonna jam together, kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Put a mic out there, and this little kid, 15 year old kid, comes up, and his name's Catchy. Now he's my right hand man. He comes up there and he starts spitting a fucking tornado out of his face, like, and everybody just stops, like, what the fuck? Where'd this kid come from? Because he literally came out of the shadows and jumped on stage and just like, I don't know what the fuck that was. To this day, we record it, we have it recorded, and we play it, and it's like, what the fuck did you say? He's like, everything. He's like, I had my chances, I had to give you everything. So then we got that kid now right so now i'm now i'm taking on an apprentice i'm teaching him the ropes of everything that i'm doing so eventually i could go sit down and be the vip at a fucking show and he could be the mc and he could be the booking agent he could be you know like he could take care of these things too so i'm trying to teach him all of those things digital fire over here that's off camera joins the joins the scene um looking for uh, a place to dj so the bar that i was doing my events at at the time was called turn four so in turn, I tell him, all right, don't worry, man, I'll get you a job, you know, I'll get you a residency. Next thing you know, he's the resident DJ there every Friday night or and Saturday at most times because the other guy don't show up. <laughs> so in the end, every night is a Willie Scandals entertainment night, you know, because I'm not even there and there's stuff going on that I helped put together, you know. That's fair. So then now these kids are evolving. The other, the other uh, catchy ends up getting a job at turn four also he starts, he starts practicing his MCing skills in front of the crowd while he's working um oh man 
And then, uh, like I said, we're doing all these shows. Um, I don't know if you heard about the whole Rich Gang movement that's going through Montreal. There's like 10 artists out here that are like doing this whole chapter, Rich Gang. Anyways, one of my rhyme partners at the time, Johnny Jooks, changes his name to Nation, joins this movement. And um, I, I, I said, I can't do it. But I wish you the best, you know what I mean? Go get that money, become successful. Everything that we ever fucking dreamt of as kids with FBI. So he took a layoff, who came back to the music. So anyways, that's that's his story to tell when he comes here. Right. All right, so now he takes that time off, comes back, gets this golden opportunity to be something more than just, I guess, an independent artist, uh, you know? So he takes that. I say, no, don't worry. I'll be right here. I'm going to hold down this area because when you guys need me, I'll be here. So in... With that happening, everything evolving with his career and everything with uh, the Rich Gang movement, um, they end up asking me, so do you have access to the venue still? I'm like, well, duh, it didn't go away. You know, like, um, I'm still there. I still, uh, you know, it's my cousin that owns the place, you know. So I said, yeah, sure. So they say, all right, well, we're going to get Curtis Jackson. Uh, Curtis, wait, what's his name? What's Curtis Young? Sorry, Curtis Jackson. Curtis Jackson. No, Curtis Young. That's Dr. Dre's son, who it right. turns out to be. He's an artist from California. He's trying to make his own way in the game and not write his daddy's fucking back. So it turns out that he's like uh, some big respected artist in California and all that part of the states. And uh, he comes to turn four in Ganawaga. And then the place sells out there's people right into the parking lot uh the biggest crowd we've probably ever seen for any hip-hop show in Ganawaga. and uh we rub shoulders again with some more some more bigger names in the industry and uh we, we we meet another touring agent uh that's impressed by a i was hosting the whole thing and um i booked the half of the half of the artists and and their their management booked the other half um so they were impressed by all of that, you know, like, wow, you put this together faster than we did. And I said, well, you just give me the fucking word, you know, like, I got people waiting to rap, you know, like. So anyways, I get it all done packaged real quick, and they're like, all right, that's that's crazy. We need to work with you some more. So then we end up getting Prada West in, in, in uh, Ganawage. Um, who the hell else came? I can't remember. It was somebody else, big, bigger named somewhat anyways and anyways we get these artists and they all come in here and they're, they're just blown away by the way i held down the crowd every single time like wow man you're just everybody here is fucking enjoying the shit out of the show and they don't even know who the hell i am you know like i said well that's that's how we're, we're gonna do it here and that's how you're gonna be able to come back you know i'm gonna make sure you come back you know like and and that's how i always held on these crowds so then during that um one of the one of the opening artists on one of those shows, I can't remember if it was Prada West or if it was Curtis Jackson. Curtis Young? Ah, uh, Curtis Young. Fuck, yeah. I keep saying Curtis Jackson. I don't know so, any other Curtises that rap, that's why. And it's like, I always get these names mixed up. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's just, it's weird because like most people would never think of Curtis Jackson's real name. But then you hear it. And <laughs> yeah, like, but his, his album was called Curtis. Yeah. So that's how we know. It's like Snoop calling himself Kelvin. Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's... But anyways, um... <laughs> I always forget his name's Calvin. Yeah, but anyways, um, so one of the opening artists on one of these shows, I can't remember exactly which one of them says, oh, uh, did you hear about the Indigenous Cannabis Cup coming? Man, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I love smoking weed. How did I not hear about this? And they're like, oh, oh it's a big event. Uh, they're going to have this thing in Tainanega. It's going to be all the all the biggest dispensaries in the world coming down for this big extravaganza with a stage and performing artists. And wow, what the fuck? How come no one told me this? You know, like... I'm catching word of it now. Is it too late? No, no, no. You can send in your uh, stuff now. You can send in all your uh, 
EPKs and shit. I'm like, all right, cool, man. I don't even got that shit, but I'm going to figure this out. So I find out who the main person is in this indigenous cannabis cup, and I message him. I say, look, there's probably nobody else that will be able to do this job as good as I'll be able to do it. And I, I was confident. I went in there like, you motherfuckers are hiring me. I don't give a shit. And I tell him, I says, look, you're never going to find nobody else that has this much heart this much charisma this much i believe in the fucking event i believe in indigenous people hosting events like this for the first part you know and i was like so we need to make this happen where i'm your event mc for your whole fucking event and uh there's no ifs ands or what's about it and he goes well you sold me at indigenous people need to host this i'm like all right well let's get it where's the paperwork they sent me the paperwork i signed it and now i've i'm the uh, indigenous cannabis cup event mc uh, we're going into the third year now in the partnership with them, and uh, we brought Connor in. He DJs alongside with me, so we're kind of like a team now. We, um, I, it's just like, were you expecting, were you expecting the weed world with the indigenous weed cup to show? Up? <laughs> no, I, I was not. I was not. It's, I mean, what I'm, I'm still, I'm still hooked on this, on this whole. By the way. You're gonna have no choice but to hire me. Yeah, so like, that's it, man. like just the pure confidence and the pure bravado that you mm, carry with yourself lesson. and it it it's not just with your determination in terms of like making that stage, right? It's with everything. And all I've really heard is just we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. And it didn't matter if it failed or not failed. You were like Okay, well, it didn't work. All right, well, this worked, so let's make this happen, and just kept going, and that's kept just moving. that's just crazy. That's just crazy. Yeah, I mean, you always got to keep your mind moving, man. I, I have a documentary on uh, YouTube you can find. It's called Willy World, and in there I say... Uh, I'll find that, and I'll link it below. I say, I say in there where, yeah, go to work for eight hours, but when you get home, don't fucking be whining and crying. There's still 16 more hours in that fucking day. Yeah. This guy's preaching facts right now, everyone. So, that's, that's one thing I live by. And, uh, I mean, sometimes my family ain't too happy with me that I'm fucking so determined like that. And uh, that, I, that, I, that, I, that I turn 24 hours into 40 sometimes. It, it doesn't make sense how, how I do it. I could appreciate that. Life. But I just try, I try my best every day to make sure that if it's not me, someone around me is succeeding. That's such an amazing mentality. Um, so you're doing all of this. You got the the job at the cannabis indigenous thing, cannabis, indigenous cannabis cup. cup. Uh, this is more recent than if you're on your. Yeah, this is uh, what are we now? Twenty. So twenty twenty. Sixteen, two thousand fifteen, sixteen is seven. No. Eighteen. Eighteen, right? 16, 17, and eighteen, or no? Eighteen. Eighteen, nineteen, twenty. That's right. Sorry, man. My fucking. It's all right. It's uh. Anyways, yeah. So now we're getting like close to home now, right? Um. So yeah, I guess. Um, what else is there to add to this incredible <laughs> repertoire of stuff? I mean, I know, I know what the most, what the like some of the more recent recent ones are, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm I'm just expecting now. You're like, and yeah, I don't know. We just uh, we set up a whole store over there, and now we sell in uh, cheese. <laughs> like, if you were to say nah, that, I next, never got into like, owning businesses and shit. I don't know. It's I not too crazy well, about that. I actually did have a question that was interesting. What made you start doing the live streams? Um, oh, we hadn't got there yet. We didn't get that far yet. We're still in 2018. <laughs> We're 18 into 19 right now. I'm listen. I'm following. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In that time, yeah, that's for sure. I had music videos. Oh, we'll get to there. We'll get there. <laughs> Jumping the gun, this guy. 
Oh, because I'm just so intrigued. I'm really just listening. And sometimes it's like, okay, wait, where are we? And I'm like, no, guys, uh, wait, keep it going. So we're, we're still in the... <laughs> so you have a music video that's oh, I, attached I was, to your production I the, company? I was doing uh, quite a few videos early on. Um, I was teamed up with a dude named Daybai. You might have seen him on Facebook or whatnot. He's another indigenous artist that lives here in the city. Um, I did a couple of tours with him, uh, a couple of shows, and we made we made quite a bond. At the time, he was going out with a girl in Ganawage, so he was close to home. So it was like easy for me to be like, all right, you know what? Let's go do this video, man. Like you're right here, you know. So I started working with him. I did a video for Friday nights. I did the Willy World documentary. It's like a short doc, like five ten minutes maybe. Um, and I did Bank Card Baby. These are all songs off of my solo album that came out in 2017. Um, and then he kind of disappeared. And I was back to like, no video guy. Shit, what the hell am I going to do? So then that's when I found Jamal Jackson, who's also from Montreal here. They call him the camera god. Um, I, I linked up with him. We did Skywalker's Daughter. We did Refuse to Lose. Um, what else did we do? Damn, that's it with him. Yeah, that's all with him so far. Um, and then I met up with, like I said, at the same time, Connor over here was evolving as an artist himself, mm. as, as, as a, I don't know, just as, 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 as crazy person as me. Just want to get shit done every day and no sleep and just fucking go nuts. So he's, he's, be, he's evolved into a crazy person following my trails and understanding that like, this is the way it's got to be. If you're going to succeed in this fucking shit, you got to be a fucking crazy person and just like, go, 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 go. And, and never look back until, until everything's done, you know, and it's never done because there's more to go. So now he's understanding all of this and he starts picking up the camera and he starts doing all of the, the, the good the video work So I'm like, all right, this is excellent. One guy got away Now we got another one right in his place and in my opinion Shows shows up way better, you know, his quality of work is stronger and So now we're doing the indigenous cannabis cup. We're doing a welcome to Willy world tour um, It wasn't a world tour. It was just welcome to Willy's world, right? <laughs> So we're doing that, and during that time, um, one of our friends through, uh, through uh, another connection fuck, that I met during these tours was um, Q052, and uh, his, his movement at the time, he has a whole following. So me and him cross paths, and we meet this lady, we're on, we're on tour in the east coast of Canada in like Gaspé or some shit like that, and, uh, and uh, we meet this lady that says she has a connection in France. So we're like, all right, what kind of a connection? Oh, well, we're going to go there and do some political shows. We have all these ideas of, uh, you know, doing like rally type concerts and shit. So we're like, sounds cool, man. Keep us, uh, keep us in mind. You know, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll jump on that, you know? All right. So we finished the tour. I get back to Ganawage. Q gets back to his house in Sherbrooke and we get the same message at the same time from the same girl saying, we don't want anybody else. We want yous. We want yous to come on a tour in France. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here, man? Like, I'm touring in fucking Gaspé, and that led to France? How the fuck did this happen, you know? So now we're preparing for a tour to France. We go do seven cities in France. That's crazy. Ah, uh, man, it was just bananas. So I invite the Beat Vandals, obviously, because I want to bring the boys that I fucking started music with, you know? And I bring Connor to do video work and DJ, and I bring, well, I didn't bring, Q, Q052 brought himself and his DJ, Mr. Nocturne, and uh, we fucking go tour France, and uh, it was like a backpack mission. Throw everything you own in your backpack and fucking go. <laughs> it was uh, fantastic, man, like to say the least. That was my first European tour, like after doing millions of fucking shows in North America and uh, 
you know, opening for every which artist there is possible. None of them ever led to fucking France, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, sometimes, sometimes just taking the offer that's probably uh, not the best offer could lead you to stuff like that. And, uh, you know, like during the time I was in the East Coast tour with uh, Q052, I could have been over here doing work with those rich gang guys that I was talking about earlier, mm -hmm. doing other events. But I says, no, nah, man, I'm going to uh, take this tour and I'm going to see what the fuck happened. You know, because I never went on tour as a solo artist. I want to see what that was like. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go. Fuck. So I went and, and next, it led to fucking France. You know, so I was like, if I would have stayed here doing the saucy drip, whatever the hell they called it, I don't know if that would have worked, man. Because I, I think saucy dripping's done now, right? I don't know. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's still saucy dripping? Yes. Well, I, never, I don't know. Yes. Is that like a specific, I don't know. I mean, I can Gucci, kind of infer what Gucci it meant. Mane <laughs> still, like, Gucci Mane still uses, like, Lost in the Sauce and all that to hype up that. Right. And, I mean, drip is just, look at my drip. So, until they get a better... I thought that was bling. I mean, this is pretty blingy <laughs> from the high-tech world. The ice is on <laughs> Oh, I don't know. But anyways, you know what I mean? So, like, I could have stayed here and did a, an event called the Saucy Drip or something like that. Right, but, right, uh, right. I was like, no, nah, you know what? I'm going to go do this independent tour. We're just going off our own dollar. You know, we're going to make some money at each event. But, yeah. you know, most of it's from our merch and shit. But it was also like, I want to get away from here for a little while. Yep. I want to just go somewhere that I've never been. I've never been to the East Coast. So that was my first trip out there, like, in that sense of uh, the East Coast. But, uh, and then, like I said, it led to France. We went to France. We did that. We got back. That was October 2019. Nice. Okay. And uh, that's pretty recent. Not much longer, we're stuck here doing this fucking quarantine shit. Yeah, so that's you know what I mean. So now I'm talking in 2019, I did 139 events. That's wild, insanity. you know what I mean. And uh, most of them, most of them weren't in my hometown. So, you know, you, you can imagine how many hotels I slept in, <laughs> how many floors I stayed on, and how many you know, couches and shit, you know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so you basically grinded it out, and then quarantine. And then uh, quarantine, and then we led up to his question. Yes. So uh, tell <laughs> us about kicking it live with Willie. Well, you see, that's another thing um, that, that came from the past and I had to bring back. Originally, Beat Vandals were going to do a radio show on K103. We had the whole, like, uh, we had the whole pitch that they were going to hire us as, as, as hosts of our own hip-hop show. Mm -hmm, right. And it was called Kicking It Live. But it never, it never worked. It never, it never came to. They never seen our vision. They never want to hire us for that. They want to hire us for other jobs in in the station, and, and none of us wanted to do that, right? So we wanted to stick to our guns and be a hip hop show that, that they didn't have at the time. So we wanted to fill a market that wasn't there, and uh, they didn't want it. So we're like, you know what? Fuck it. Scrap that idea. Put it on the back burner or whatever the hell was gonna go on. So one day I'm picking through my emails. I mean looking for beats i guess you could say because i had a lot of producers sending me beats and shit so um i'm looking through there and i see the old the old the old logo that we had made for kicking it live and i was like holy shit that's cool you know save it to my phone so we can look at it hey, look at the that's awesome yeah. so you know i'll save it to my phone so i go oh that's a cool and like i can tell this story one day this was supposed to be my radio show and now i'm telling the story imagine that so um then quarantine happens and I'm like, what the fuck? I was supposed to have, uh, I had nine, sh nine, I had nine shows booked already. Oh, nice. I had like Barry, Sudbury, uh, a couple of places like Serpent Lake, Ontario. I had like crazy places that I've never been to. So I was like, I was excited, you know, like coming into 2020, like, yes, 
2020 is going to be more money. That was my whole, like, slang. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, 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 let's go get it, you know? And, and I was also working on an Argentina and Spain tour, like, ooh! So I was like, fuck, I was, I was, I was aiming at fucking shit this year, you know? So mm -hmm. when the quarantine happened and the, the breakout was serious and people had to, like, stay home and not touch stuff and, like, wipe their ass for some reason... <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's when I decided that uh, I had to do something about it. So I started off, I did the people's interview. I don't know if you guys went that far back. No, no I wasn't that far But back. I, I did the people's interview because I felt that I had to do, I had to do an interview after being on the road for that long and finally being home and stuck home. I could finally communicate with everybody, you know, because like when you're, you're scrolling through your phone in the metro and then you got to get off to fucking run upstairs and do a sound check at a venue and then you don't got time to really play and then interact. So yeah. Um, I took the time to interact, you know, I invested in a laptop, then I got a, then I got a desktop, then I got, you know, lights, and I, you know, I started putting pieces together, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to pull the studio in this place, and, uh, we're going to get it to, to a certain, certain, uh, standard. Um, and that's when I said that, uh, I did the people's interview, where, where I had all the fans send in questions. Want to ask Willie a question? Send in any question. I'll read the question with your name attached to it, and I'll answer it live on camera. That was the whole fucking thing, all right? Fair enough. And I did that, and then the very fucking next day, they locked everybody down. So I was doing it just to fucking hang out, you know, like, yeah, I want to answer some questions. So now they called it, boom, quarantine. I'm like, holy fuck, what the fuck are we going to do? <laughs> holy shit. I was going to, like, just basically, like, hype the fucking tour I was about to do, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So... Now they're like, um, oh, everybody's got to stay home. You got to lock down. You can't, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't go nowhere. You can't touch stuff. You can't go to venues. You, you know, fuck. So I'm like, shit, what are we going to do? So I started going live, jokingly, kicking it live with Willie. Ha, ha, ha. I started going live just with my phone, you know, like, ah, with a little candlelight and smoke joints. Like, come on, guys. All my friends will hang out with smoke joints and listen to tunes. So we're talking and it started evolving. It kept growing. It started growing legs. Like, people are fucking viewing this shit, man. I'm just like fucking hanging out with my friends at first, you know? Like, and now we're going from like 40 views to 500 in a night. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is going on? All right, this is, this. it's got to be something. So I sat down. I said, you know what? I'm going to, I was doing, at the first, I was doing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for an hour, right? And I was just playing songs that I like and, you know, like, then it evolved like i said uh, i was like all right someone i need i need more music i can't just play what i like i'm gonna run out eventually you know what i mean so i was like all right i'm gonna call out artists see if they want to send music <laughs> i got pummeled with music i was like holy fuck this is crazy so then that's when i realized i had to make a format you know i was getting albums i was getting singles i was getting music videos and i was like what the fuck the little laptop uh, the little tablet that i was working with wasn't good enough so i was like this thing's gotta go toss that and i got a better computer that one fucking was not good enough toss that one and i got a better one and now we're like now we're like almost we're almost to par with the world now you know <laughs> and i and i'm not that technical at all like i'm the kind of guy to like spit in the microphone we'll sit over there drink beer while they mix and master i don't want to fucking see it <laughs> you know like so my whole life i avoided being on those computers and, and being around all of that but now it's like dude you have no fucking choice That's you, facts. if you want if you want to succeed with what you're doing you need to be on there you need to you know it's not just not just your phone you right. need to use a real actual fucking computer because there's everything's so much more vast than this bullshit so if we're i could actually ask. moving into the world where we're going to move past computers into tablet driven shit mm. not it's going to take four or five years yeah. but that's the trend is Ta tablets and 5g 
<laughs> yeah, if I well. can ask, um, what for you was the like the, that that transitioning adaptive period from like how you used to kind of handle things to now being in the digital world? If that him. <laughs> no, I'm just serious. Like he's a uh, he's digital file for a reason, right? You know, like uh, if if there's something I truly can't get, right? I call him in to help. Uh, but, but like I said, uh, I told you earlier offline. I'm very private in my life. Like mm -hmm. I, I I don't put my real names online. I don't put it. I I, I make a fucking a snake fucking uh, actually that's the wrong word. But uh, I put like mad traps out there because I don't want the government to know who the fuck I am. I'm mm -hmm. I'm honest like that, and that's. I mean, they know who I am. Obviously, I have a status card that has a fucking number on it that tells me this is who I am as a fucking native person in fucking this country. Mm -hmm. But I don't have a physical fucking card. I chose not to ever get one. Uh, Medicare card, we don't got none of that shit. I don't fuck with anything. So to, to adapt to this, you kind of need an ID. Mm -hmm. You know, like face recognition and all that crap. But uh, I, I try hard, man. I'm like a bush baby, man, and uh, that lives in the modern world, like an urbanized bush baby, if that makes sense. And, you know, like I'm trying, I'm trying to adapt to it because uh, obviously I have a crazy influence on this fucking shit, and uh, right. people like like that. So, so, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I personally want to get away from technology. I'd rather get back to fucking us all fucking hunting and farming, but we fucked that up already, so. I do believe that technology is going to be our best tool forward as artists and such. Yeah, for sure. That's what I mean. For for us as artists, I had to learn this shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Because, like, you know what? it wasn't working without. So, there have been quite a few people I've talked to in the last few years. Like, I'm, I can't say I'm very influential, but I've been around the scene mm -hmm. since 2012. And so many people refuse to do the technology adaptation so i have to again give you yeah. credit on being willing to learn it because yeah, yeah, i still know sure. people in 2020 that like <laughs> are flat out like i don't need instagram and shit i don't need any of this shit i don't need it and i'm like well just as per like like fairy maybe you don't but it will help your fucking life <laughs> i'll see if me myself here uh, i only have facebook i saw that i, I don't uh, instagram. i try not to do all of those other things because like i don't know man like uh, you'd have to live where I live to understand that kind of shit. I, like, <laughs> just, I can appreciate it. It's just a it. tough thing because, like, it can, it can get so out of hand in a small community, you know what I mean? And and, and people just throw people under track so quick. I, you know uh, what I mean? So I try to avoid what's popular, you know? You but can it kinda, see it even happening because, you know how, like, Montreal hip-hop English Facebook is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, like, all the same names that appear on everybody's statuses. And oh boy, sometimes the drama that appears just yeah. from people who don't even really know each other and yeah. shit. So I gotta well, imagine. I, I, I've got in a few of those with a couple of artists out here, but it's just because they don't see the world the way I do. You know what I mean? They're, they're individually driven. And that's it. You know, mm. no, I'm not down with that. So there's no way you're the star of my show when I'm at the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, it's funny you say that because it also it, it, that's what I was kind of picking up on a little bit, like. You're not into Instagram. You're not into some of these applications, but it makes, like, to me, the way I kind of see you, it, it makes sense because you're like, you you mentioned it earlier. I don't care if I make a million dollars or not. No. I don't care if this is like I'm doing it for certain bigger purposes, right? Yeah. So when I kind of look at how you run your Facebook platform and I kind of look at, like, and I've just been hearing you speak about what you've been going through, it's like, wow, he's really dedicated to just the bigger picture of all of this music and really not for, like, the self-gain. Well, I mean, at some point you wanna you wanna be able to pat your own back. Yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah. uh, that's what albums are for. That's what 
you know, opening mm-hmm. for fucking your favorite rappers are for, mm-hmm. you know, like that's your path. So like, yeah. But when it's time to really put the music out there with a message, that's not for me, that that's for you guys. Yeah. You know, that's 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 not my that's not at all for me. Yeah. Just, I'm doing this so everybody else can understand that the world needs to change one yeah. fucking step at a time. Yeah. They can't rush it. And you can't change it now. Yeah. But one foot forward each fucking day, well, hey, that could change a lot. Definitely. All I know is I have spent the last couple of months of Fridays peeking in on w- kicking it live with Willie. Because, <laughs> like, the thing is, crazy. is that shit comes in. Uh, yo, last week he had this indigenous dude come through and do <laughs> some fucking native music. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how else to yeah. play it. It was traditional. Fire. It was fucking fire. But, like, it's just in general, like, I, I mean, I, I kind of responded to his artist, send your music thing, and I'm like, yo, Chris, send your music in. And so we did that. That's how I ended up watching the show for the first time. And he played it. Because you know how many times he sent it in to shit, yeah. and then it's, pay me. Hey, I'm the same way, man. I, I know. I've sent my songs to a bazillion people, and, and you only get 20 that actually listen to it. And yeah. I just thought that was uh, really, because in the same night, I had sent it to somebody else who, um, is doing quite well on the online game right now. Okay. Completely after you look at it, it's like the, the, the monetization angle appears right after. And that's something I, I really respected about uh, what your show is personally. Like, here's the thing. I sincerely watch this shit on Friday nights. I'm not just like tearing your horn. If you guys <laughs> ask Bonnie or whatever, like it's there. You can check the videos. I'm in the comments. Why? Because it's fucking like, it's such an interesting gateway to a lot of local shit that yeah. you like the CV Mac dude that uh, is just fucking fire. Crazy Ace. Like, yeah. I know who OTR is, but I never would have listened to Crazy Ace yeah. if I hadn't. And it was like, good in the beginning when I first first started doing the, the first few episodes. Crazy Ace was doing a daily freestyle. So yeah. he was on like day 20 something while I was on like week four. Mm. You know yeah. what I mean? So I was playing them every other week and it was like, it was helping him a lot, a ton. All kinds of people that, like you said, you said I wouldn't listen to him normally. And he's messaging me saying, man, thanks for that, man. You got a whole bunch of people uh, looking at me from your side of uh, the, the, the island. Nah, for real, like just, I've like, I think this is the eighth interview we've done now or seventh with like people close enough to Montreal, call it that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's the first time we got likes on our Facebook page. <laughs> like I'd say... Not that our Facebook page is popping by any means, but it, be what a time it got time. like about 15 likes in the last two days because Willie posted about us. And I just wanted to say thank you and for I'm, that, just because that's fine. that's some real shit. I've had other people where we put the interview out and they didn't even share it or whatever after. Yeah, it's that's, like, those are the people I try to avoid. I uh, for me it's whatever. I enjoy the fact we get a, a piece yeah. of content and whatever, whatever. But <laughs> I just really like the spirit of this guy if you're gonna go like actually support somebody if you're especially if you're local willie is one of those dudes where i i can't say i've been to one of your events but i would go to your event just just check yeah, it out just to feel sure. the energy of it because that I'm sounds fresh i'm allowed to do events for 50 people outdoors there we go that's so, a it's a start and then you put up the camera and you start doing the didn't, live stream and you bring it to the world that's it didn't you recently have a thing or my, did yeah, I did a wedding recently. My first wedding ever, myself and Digital Fire. Our first time doing that it was uh, a 420 themed event too. Yes. At a wedding, so it was yes. pretty fucking. Dope. That's you guys that did that. I yeah. know I saw pictures about that. Yeah. Show, yeah. I was like, is somebody doing weed themed weddings? Yeah. <laughs> That's that amazing. Us. It doesn't stop. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hustle. Yeah. We're and then bookings for 2021. <laughs> so, yeah, we're good. So if you guys want to get married in 2021 and uh, you, wanna you want to, you want weed instead of alcohol. 
Listen, that sounds like a better night in my world. That's all I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, yeah, great time, dude. Do you have anything else that you have planned that's exciting? Um, right now, actually, um, there's one thing that I'm working on with uh, my record label at VME. Uh, we're working on Northern Bar Fights. It's going to be MC Battles, 16 bar uh, freestyles if you want, or, or written. There's going to be a, a registry coming out earlier next week. Well, by the time they watch this, that week, maybe. But I don't know how that's going to work. How fast, how fast you are. This shit is going to be out by, like, <laughs> tomorrow latest. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, by the time the viewers see it, the registry might be out there, is what I should have said. It's a common. Um, Northern Bar Fights is what it's going to be called. There's going to be beats there that you're going to be uh, that you're gonna download. They're going to be emailed to you. You're going to download them. Use the beat. Do your best 16. Call out somebody if you want. Um... You're going to be judged by um, artists in BME and the record label uh, heads um, and the fans. The fans are going to be the, va the, 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 last, the last vote. We're going to put out polls where you guys are going to get your fans to go hit it, even if your verse was shittier than the other guys. Your fans are going to make you win because that's the way it's going to go. That is the way it's going to go. You know how it goes. Oh. So anyway, that's... <laughs> That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna try this new thing because well, is this gonna be on a website? It's gonna be Facebook? on Facebook and then um, YouTube. That's smart. Wild. Yep. We're gonna do Facebook to YouTube uh, after like Facebook to attract them, YouTube to post. So it'll basically be like everybody grabs the same beat, y'all drop a fourteen ball thought upload to your well, there's YouTube. Gonna be, there's gonna be two different beats. Okay. There's gonna there's gonna be a a hip hop beat and a trap beat. Okay. Or a modern Wild. beat, I guess you can call Wild. it. Wild. So, right? yeah. so you get to choose between the two beats, which one you want to use. Mm. You write your best 16 or a diss, post it. So you post it to your own channel. No, you, you post it and then we take it. We get your video and we put it on our, our YouTube that's going to be all arranged for that. Okay, okay. So we're going to have a voting system. The, the polls are going to be out there. Chrome wins by one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you're a fan that day. Hey. Yeah. No, <laughs> this is the but game. But no, no, it's gonna, this is something for us to have fun with. You know what I mean? We have a lot of producers and a lot of extra beats in BME, right. so we want to have fun using these beats that, like, a lot of the artists in our in 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 our in our um in our group, I guess you could say, in uh -huh. our circle. That most of the times, like, they'll send me 15 beats, and I'm like, all right, I only like two. You know what I mean? Personally, I only like two. You know right, what I mean? right, right, I'm right. about to say who doesn't like the other fucking 13. Right. So so I'll keep the two I like, and then he'll have these other beats. So then, and then he says more beats to the next guy that matches his style. If he picks three or four, the other ones are still in the pile. You know, So we have a lot of extra beats like that. So that's kind of what we want to do is we want to utilize the extra beats and scout more talent for the record label in mm -hmm. the process. That's you know what I mean? So. And, I mean, it could boost someone's career. Who the fuck knows, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I like it. You guys should have a cup. Like, get a trophy. Well, yeah. So, I, I mean, it's... I don't know if it's going to be a tournament style. I mean, that, that's mm. more of a tournament with a cup. A single, Maybe. A single award. So you know what you need? There's more than one award. Because you, you beat you him, a, he beats that you guy. You like, wrestling WWE belts. <laughs> and you have a champion. There you go. Any time the champion can I think what would be even out. better is if you take your shirt off and spray paint it right on you. <laughs> <laughs> you are the champ! <laughs> oh, that's cool. So I mean, that, that's like a lot of a lot of hustles. It's well, it's just something to do, man. Like I'm honest. Like I, I like I said earlier, man. I don't sleep. They call me a crazy person. So I, I definitely can appreciate how I need. Uh, I need to be on something at all times. Otherwise, uh, I lose my mind. But that's like just it's just smart. Like to me, I, I mean, you might not agree, but I like <laughs> the fact that you take your week. Uh, so you know what we talked about you utilize your time i yeah. mean i know you say you don't sleep i assume you literally well, sleep a little bit here and there yeah maybe sometimes 
So let's pretend you they get. They might have caught me on camera once or twice. <laughs> 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 I may have took a nap. <laughs> I slept three times in my life. Jeez. Once so, since last night. So I assume that, because normally I would, I would follow this up, because I try to ask everybody what their morning routine is like, because yeah. I'm, I'm so fascinated. Like, I, in my 30s, decided to wake up before 7 in the morning and yeah. make that my lifestyle Well, I got, uh, I got the regular job, like everybody else. Um, 6 o'clock start. You smoke, start work smoke, at 6 or you wake up at joint. 6? <laughs> smoke right away. Go take the shower, you know, the regular routine, fucking... But it's after 4 o'clock where the action begins, you know? I mean, throughout the day, I'm obviously on the device fucking networking and shit, but, like, the action only begins at 4, really, because, like, so the I, job the job has my mind occupied, you know? So you just have, like, at this point, a standard job? Yeah, and, yeah. And I can't say which one on camera, though, because it's, Listen, it's it, limited to my community only. That's fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. So you have your job, and then, um... You basically have a second job, which is your music empire. Yeah, well, I call the, the day job the plan C. Fair funds plan B and plan A. But I like that because I think a lot of people have this ego issue where they don't want to work. I was in the day job yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. However you want to make your money, you kind of need a source of revenue. Well, I you, know what I, you know what I figured out? I figured out instead of calling it a day job or, or like, oh, I got to go to work, you know, like that feeling. I just say, why don't we go get productive and talk <laughs> fair right. enough you know what i mean I, I work close as this close to two other guys you know all day long yeah said, right, so let's just hang out and be productive you know what i mean so yeah. i don't know i just don't you know what i mean like that it's like that that whip feeling i don't like that shit you know? it's like, the mindset that you're changing it. you're trying to keep yourself in a positive way of just that's like it. yo we're chilling we're hanging out yeah, we're getting man, paid we're getting we're shit done, fuck. yeah and we're gonna pay for it so yeah, i feel that that's I the way I like that. to see it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's, like I, I just, said, it's always, it's always ways, like you said, it's always ways of keeping the positivity, the, the mind at ease, the, I don't but it's know, just, it's Call a me smart. a monkey Buddha. <laughs> I just, uh, I respect it because I feel like there's a lot of people who are addicted to this uh, struggling artist mentality, mm. but this unnecessary level mm -hmm. of struggling that's highly avoidable by like, I don't know, a job or, or uh, productive periods of times, however you want to frame it. Yeah. And uh, I just respect that, that, like, in the middle of that, your ethic is in place. Like, you, you have a clear sense of priorities in your life. Like, this is what I got to do. And then I switch into this hat. And then I switch into that hat. Yeah. And when you, when you look at time management in a corporate sense, if you were to go pay somebody thousands of dollars to go to a seminar, they would just teach you what Willie's teaching you on his podcast, no lies. In an hour. This is just straight <laughs> up what it is. Um, I don't know, but it's just... I don't know, living off experience, I guess. I don't know, man. I just... I think it's so interesting. I don't interesting. think there's any other way. And I think the fact that you learn from the lessons and you kept looking for new things is, is so key. Like, they, they say you have to reinvent yourself on YouTube if you're not, like, shit's working. So, as an example, all we did was album reviews for the longest time. It was fun. It's not going to ever grow because nobody fucking really wants to watch 90-minute <laughs> album reviews. Well, okay. I mean... But the interviews... When you put, when you put uh, Organized Confusion, I'll watch yeah but the problem is is that you'll have like five albums yeah. that you'll watch and all of you have like five albums where you'll do that for mm. and i'll never be able to really yeah you can't my find, format you can't find the is not gonna really go ahead and put this interview thing basically the same shit us at the table talking pivoted i guarantee you this video will do better than say the last 10 album reviews maybe who knows I mean, at least in Maybe terms of hopefully it people boosts watching. the other ones if that's the case. 
it's a different thing. I hope it gets the other interviews more clicks that's and it. other people that's take interest. And then, like, for me, like, it's a pivot, right? So yeah. now we're going to do interviews. Why? Because right. we can learn. The city. You guys can <laughs> see what's going on in Montreal. Everybody you can, can learn. learn. Well, for me, it's a learning experience. Learning's great. I get to sit here and talk to people who, in a sense, are my peers and hear about how they win. Yeah. That, and then and also each interview, you get better. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh... It's just fun for me, at least. Yeah. But it's just the idea of pivoting and trying and in, moving into new stuff. Like you have to recognize sometimes when you gotta change yeah, and gotta sure. go on in a different direction. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I feel like we're at that point where it's starting to feel like we should wrap it up a little bit. We, I'm we've cool hit with the that, 2020. Man. We are at an hour and forty. So you are very close to the record length. It's like uh, well gonna then be wait. With, Oh, it's going to be five more minutes, six more minutes or something. I can't say. If we, if we go another ten minutes, we will beat the record of the official longest on this one. Chris, ask some questions here. So I'm running out I, of speed. I, have, I actually have, like, a few <laughs> more things. Um, for just uh, first off, what, what, for you yourself, growing up, what was it that got you into music? That's a great question. Like, just you yourself, like. Necessity. Okay. I had to do it. Okay. Um, I was a high-profile athlete at one point in my life. Okay. Uh, what I kind of athletics? I played uh, football, hockey, and baseball. All a pretty high pedigree. Um, and uh, I took a knee-to-knee -knee hit and tore all the legments in my leg. Oh, shit. And um, I was never able to run or skate properly again the way I wanted to and the way I was pursuing at that point, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I had a lot of colleges in Canada asking me to go play hockey and sports for their schools, and uh, it was unfortunate that that had happened. Opportunity fucking was gone. There was no more knocks at the door. There was no more phone calls. There was, I was stuck on a couch with my leg in the air for six months. Sure. Had to rehabilitate my leg back to the point where I can walk and jog and talk and be normal again. Mm-hmm. So this quarantine ain't shit. I've already done it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, like I said, I was 17 years old with uh, a lot of dreams and hopes for the future. And th there was always one thing I was good at. It was talking and writing. So what makes more sense to become an MC? I mean, right. I talk and write. Right. So who, outside of Onyx, who would be your favorite, like, MCs? That's another question. Oh, man, that's... And the more, like, standard vein of yeah, interview yeah, standard questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it stems, uh, I mean, I was a young kid at a, at a, at a, at a really great time in hip-hop from the, the mid-80s to the early 90s. It was probably the strongest point of hip-hop ever was as far as lyricism and uh, content-wise. Like, full-on production was probably the best during those times. Mm. Um, I'll give you that. So, it started for me with uh, LL Cool J, Master Ace, Cool G Rap, Big Daddy Kane. Okay. You know, Karis One, the obvious, you know, the, 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 the stars of that era. Um, later on, obviously, like, you know, the, the 90s movement came in. You had all the groups. You had the Tribe Called Quest. You had Boot Camp, Wu-Tang, you know. So that that was obviously during the time when I started rapping. And, and that's why I always felt the group made sense. Okay. Because, like, they, it seemed like they were unfuckwittable at all times. And, yeah. uh... I'd argue the group makes way more sense now than anyone's giving it credit to. Yeah. And I think some of the dumbest shit I ever did in the first five or so years of my music game was to not get involved with anybody and just try to be solo. Mm. Well, I think the idea of it is because when you're in a group, right, there's many things that you can feed off of and, right. and showcase, right? So, like, 
some something as simple as like I have like a group of my friends that we rap and stuff, right? Now, some of us are like the fast rappers, some of us are more the technical and the slower ones, but when you put us all together, we have a certain mesh it's that like a like, barrel of monkeys. Exactly. And it's 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 <laughs> that it's that fun, positive, energetic vibe that brings in all of that. But I wanted to like over our, over the course of with the the lives that you've been doing, because I've been noticing there's a certain type of flair that you have with the videos that really attracts. Is that something that you've been building, or something natural that comes to you? Just that 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 type of attraction that you have. I, I just like to talk. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I just feel that uh, the world lacks entertainment in the, in the, in a normal fucking sense. Like not that I'm trying to sit down and be comedic or anything. It's just well, to be able to do it natural. You're able to talk and just keep it going, you know. Right, but you're not saying anything stupid. You know no. what I mean? Like you're 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 actually very wise, and you're saying a lot of great stuff. So to say just to hide it under just talking, right? Like, is this more you're just like to talk and you just want to communicate with people, or is this more <laughs> like like I'm talking but I'm actually telling you shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know well, what I mean? Like, um, you know what it is right now is a lot of native communities lack leaders. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So I, I, like pride, I pride that. myself on being a leader. Okay. If I can lead 50 fucking MCs into darkness yeah. and we find light, well, then I did my fucking job for that show. I like that. You know what I mean? So, I like and now if I, can, if I can do one fucking song like Ransom Note that's fucking got the RCMP Yo, on my check tail. Check out this Ransom Note video <laughs> and song. Actually, what, he talked about it on his feed. Oh, man. If the RCMP wanna, wants me right now. Yo, I'm under investigation for this shit. That's why I'm wearing a mask now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not because we're supposed so, to. Watch <laughs> the music video. But, uh, is, is it because of the... What? Because you uh, kidnapped Trudeau, allegedly, Well, that's the what video? they're saying, is that uh, I might be a harm to the Canadian public. I mean, I watched the video, and I I'm was going... given I was given an investigator's card by our local police, the Gunawage Peacekeepers, with an investigator's phone number and name on it, and I chose not to call because I want them to sweat it. I want them to, if they really want me, to, they'll find me. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. That's like... Come get me. It's crazy. I don't leave the territory very often. Right now, they have a good chance. <laughs> I, I don't think they're... I guess it's a good thing it's not a live video tonight <laughs> after it's, all. It's, it's stuff like that, though. Like, a, a simple video or song where yeah. you can relay a message yeah. and get 20,000 people to fucking view yeah. it. You know? Like, I, we, we intended... On getting the the government's attention, that was our intention completely yeah. from day one when we filmed the music video. Yeah. But when we recorded the song, it was just let's hang out, let's do something that you do, because Q zero five two does political driven music. Mm, That's right. his whole motive, you know. Like, so I'm like, all right, let's do something that you do, but on my record. Right, right. You know what I mean? And it turned into this fucking crazy. It's a, it's a good tune. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it led to a lot of craziness, though, for sure. I definitely appreciate that. Um, you said you had two kids. Yeah. First one is you still see the first one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And everything's all okay. Yeah, yeah everything's good, man. I got my my two boys there. We're good with that, man. The home front's safe. Nice. Um, For sure. You definitely have a charisma to you on camera. And I say yeah. it cuz like I mean, we've almost gone we're an hour 46 minutes or some <laughs> shit like that right now. And this is fluid. Now, it took us like 2 years yeah. of doing this fucking shit on YouTube before I could Three. say no, I mean, before we got fluid... Oh, okay, okay, yeah, fair, fair, fair. He definitely got better quicker than three years. But, like, it took time to develop the ability to, like, maintain this conversation without the constant, 
uh, yeah. and all that shit. Because you don't have that. You've got that finesse to it. So <laughs> I'd say there's, <laughs> there's more to it than just talking. Like, you have presence. I can see you're not stuttering. None of it. It's, it's really cool. Just to, like, touch on what Chris was asking before. Like, you've got, like, your 20,000 hours of effort. Not just 10. Like, 20,000 yeah. yeah. hours yeah. of effort into this shit. Well, like um, like I said, I did I did morning show uh, hosting. I've done uh, other radio shows in the past. Um, I had my own show on Ganasadagi's radio station. Um, so I mean, conducting interviews was was always something that we did on this on the air with with a lot of big people, like uh, head of Native Affairs and shit like that. You know, so you really gotta you really gotta know what you're saying. You gotta like study your your. I like to say opponent when you yep. do an interview. Yep. That's your opponent. You're gonna bounce back and forth until uh, you shut the camera off. Yep. <laughs> but um, especially when you have political people, right? Because it's really your opponent because they yeah. don't fucking want to see your face. And then yeah. if you start asking those hard questions and you make them stutter, and you make them wait, for, uh, 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 you know you've done your job. Yeah. You know, I've always felt that way, especially when I was interviewing people. Like I have to make them fucking shut up. If mm. I can make them shut up on the air, I win. I feel yeah. like that's the complete opposite of what I'm trying to do here. Well, no, it's, today. I'm talking about political people. Right, right, I'm right. Not, you know, like these people that are supposed to be fucking leaders of our communities and right, people right, that are right, helping right, indigenous right. affairs. Become, no, that's fair. So yes. I'm like, no, you know what? No, no, no. I'll ask the hard question and I'm going to make sure you just don't have the answer. I respect and that a lot. Because then, then the community is like, holy smokes, this guy just really put it to him. You know, like, because ain't nobody yeah. asking those guys those kind of things. Since we're on this topic, I'm going to ask, okay? Um, do you think that there is a lot of that happening right now in global politics? We don't have you don't have to answer if you mm. don't follow it or whatnot. I'm just asking. Like, I just don't think that uh, the right leaders are in place. Okay, I'd say the he's right, or the whole system is okay. is rigged in a way. Well, yeah, of course we know that, but the leaders are definitely not the right people at all, and uh, it's not even about voting. It's about it's about who they want. Yeah, mm. it's easy. It's easy to control a weak mind. Yep. Yep. I probably, when you when you said that just now, it made me think of what you're saying about leaders. Where I don't think that issue of a lack of leadership is limited to just any one community. No. Something I've noticed is when I was young, there were people in their 30s that were like role models. I'm in my 30s now going, where the fuck did the people in their 30s that are role models go? <laughs> and this is like a charge well, to... Them. That, not like, which is... But like, what, I, what I'm saying is, I guess... The people in their 30s today are kind of still acting like they're 21 a little bit in terms of that leadership side of things. Oh, I guess, yeah. And it's kind of an interesting thing because it really does put the mantle on, on people like, like you yeah. and anyone else willing to, to do it. And it, it, To me, it, it kind of gives you a, a higher status in my perception of things because you're taking the necessary hard route that so many people under your age group are just not doing now. Whoever's watching this, I'm not necessarily talking about you, so I don't take it personal, but there's a, a vast number of people, I'd say, within that 30 to 40 range that yeah. just don't want to be leaders and don't want to risk anything to fight I, for I think um, something in the water that definitely softened people, <laughs> you know? I mean, when I was uh, 10 years old, forced to, forced to stand face-to-face -face with uh, armed Amer uh, Canadian soldiers and... And having police turn their backs while while civilians throw rocks at me and my mother on a boat and shit, you know, like you, you see things a lot differently, and and you learn that people aren't as tough as they think they are. Uh. You know, you get you get put in a corner with somebody, and then they think they're big bad, and they're gonna push you around and all that, and they, and you find out that that they don't have that in them. It's not in their soul. It's not in you know, like, and it's easy to find that out, especially uh. when you've been put in positions where you were. 
you were first against the wall with rocks being thrown at you, you know like nah fuck that man there's no way you're pushing this shit around you know like and now we have to we have to teach people that being tougher and more lenient i mean um and less lenient towards uh what laws are being put in place and all of that we we can't stand up to that i mean we can't stand down to that we got to stand up to those things and too many people are oh well it's over with it's, it's yeah. a lot they passed it oh well i mean in like the hip-hop community right it kind of seems like as of after this conversation, you're an OG to me. <laughs> like you're one of the no, but I'm not saying like OG in terms of like original no, gang. You know what I mean? No. Like you're you're 40 and you're still rapping. Yeah. But, it's, <laughs> but it's not. It's not. It's not just that. It's like it's the idea because on a lot of podcasts I listen to and a lot of friends that I speak to, they're like, I have my OGs that I go for information. Yeah, yeah. You know how to move, how to mm. act on certain streets, how to do certain things. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like as that leader role, I'm I'm taking the, the big words and making it for the for the little youngin kids for the 26ers are watching the video. It's kind of like you're you are the OG that us call it millennials or whatever. Yeah, yeah are looking for in terms of hip-hop well i hope so because, as uh, much as i'm seeing it <laughs> like from what i'm seeing because not only that but something i want to also say is you're very inspiring the mm. fact i got i've never had anybody play my music like that and the fact that i came into the thing and you were playing it and it was just on my phone like you could ask my best friend he was i, I looked like a giddy little girl like <laughs> i was just all like oh my and that's god that's not even national radio I, and it's not even national but it's the <laughs> idea of like that inspiration and that and that like that just bump of energy that you give out like that is just so great, and that's the type of OGness that I think we we need back in in, in this culture. I always felt that uh, there should be more people like that. I, yeah. And when I was coming up, I felt that the guys that I was looking up to at the time were those guys. Mm -hmm. But then as I got older, they weren't those guys. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's a that's and a, a whole and, whole and it sucked because I had no one to turn. Like I said, we, when we spoke earlier about the evolution, yeah. right? And, yeah. At a certain point, I had no one to turn to because everybody was fucking gone. Yeah. All the older guys that got me involved with it split. Mm -hmm. So now I was like, what the fuck? You know, so I, that's 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 the lesson I learned from that one is that I can't be that way for these younger guys coming up. Mm -hmm. I got to be there for them. Even if I can't be actively there with them at the scene or at the venues, I got to still be there supportive as fuck telling them that they're going to get this shit done. Mm. You're going to succeed tonight. You're going to make money. You're going to shake those asses if you're a DJ. You're going right. to fucking make them say, oh, yeah, if you're a rapper. You know, you're going to, you know, like, you but know being on it's like a fucking coach, you know? Like. What's <laughs> just really incredible about that is everything really saying here, on the real, y'all could go do. Yeah. <laughs> it might take you 20, 25 years to accomplish the same tier of accolades, but... I didn't hear Willie come out here and be like, I rewrote the formula. He just did the things you're supposed to do, and all this time later, it worked. Yeah. This, that's that's dope. This is really just my last question, actually. Right. I have no more after that. <laughs> um, did we beat the record yet? We have. We oh, have. Yeah, we we, we passed the record. Um, Willie world record. So, when you were alone, right? When everybody got married, had kids, yeah, and yeah. Out, right, right, right. What got you through that? Like, when you were completely and i get it you, you did explain to us you know you got drive you eventually got your second kid you 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 figure out you had to like be there but what what did you do to really get yourself through that slump period and then you know i gave up booze Shit, that's, an answer? <laughs> that's an answer okay go on go on how does that oh, how did man. that affect you how does that it was it was bad man like like i said it was a it was a tough time man yeah like, yeah yeah Everybody fucked off. You were all alone, you know. Like, uh, I got into booze, fucking pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. um, Just know if you don't want to talk about it, you don't I have love, to. I love, I love my child, but uh, his mom, eh. 
Okay. It was during a rough time, like I said, a dark time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't yeah, very, yeah. You know, I wasn't very stable. Okay. Yeah. So I made a lot of unstable decisions that, uh, you know, that 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 forced me to fucking smarten up. Okay. You know? I respect so that. when the second child was born, which was three years after the other, they're only three years apart. Okay. The second child was born. That was it. Time to smarten the fuck up. You know, like yep. you can't be this fucking dude. Like you uh-huh. get your son on weekends, but you're drunk five days a week. You know, like come on, man, you're 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 better than this. You know, like. Uh-huh. Had that second child, and I was like, boom, pushed all that shit away, and, uh, you know, like, and then we got focused again, and we put the mind back on the fucking, the goal, you know? Yeah. And that was the, that was the, the turning point. The Beat Vandals, uh, Inception, the fucking AK-47, all that shit, that was, that was my new... Rebirth. My new rebirth. Yeah. I was Willie Scandals now. I was no yeah. longer grim. Yeah. Times weren't dark. Yeah. I was getting killed. That's why I was. So wild. we switched to something fucking friendly. Yeah. You know? Willie yeah. Scandals. Oh shit, that sounds cool. I want to hug him. I think it's hilarious <laughs> that friendly in your world has scandals in it. Yeah, man. Because, <laughs> I mean, shit. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, like um, I said, you got to understand, like, it's, 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 it's the fucking... That's where I come from, man. Yeah. Like, scandals is just, like, part yeah. of everything we fucking do. I yeah. totally respect it. Um, <laughs> sneak around scandalous and shit, you know, we gotta fucking make sure, no, but it's, I don't know, I don't really, I like Willie, just call me Willie, scandals is just for them, nah, listen, the fans like scandals, it's, it's in your logo <laughs> that's been on the screen the whole time, yeah, I know, <laughs> anyway, thank you for being here with us, for we sure, are, man. we are just shy of two hours, probably, nice. uh, we, we can always set one up in the future and keep chit-chatting, <laughs> I don't know what else I have to say, shit, well, so we went through you oh, this we time. Find many but questions. the thing no, is, no we didn't even talk about much. We nope. just talked about you this whole time. That's so right. if you ever watch DJ Vlad, he gets Lord Jamar to come back in, and yeah. they talk about fucking oh, fuck. anything. Anything. <laughs> anything. Yeah. And I bet we could just sit there and talk about a lot anything. of things, and people will be entertained, in my opinion. You know how you can let us know? You can hit that <laughs> like button. Oh, my God. You can subscribe to that channel. Total you thumbs can, up. You, you like can the let thumbs. Willie know that you like his shit. His Facebook, I put his likable Facebook page nice. out uh, there, so you can go click on that and hit that like button. And you can kick it live with Willie when he does Friday. his next one. Or Is it this Friday? No, I'm not doing this Friday. I'm filming a music video this week. I've nice. never seen that. But in general, on Fridays, it'll be there. And Every then, Friday after this week. <laughs> and uh yeah so just uh i also put his youtube channel down there or one of them i think the, BM, the bme channel okay, that yeah, has your music videos best, on it option, yeah. because i saw the friday yeah. nights video yeah. and i'm like yeah that's got willie there yeah. you can so see stay him tuned for that bar contest oh yeah stay tuned definitely for the northern bar fights absolutely uh if we remember we'll link it here or we'll just bring him back on and we'll when it comes time and uh yeah, maybe that's actually an idea like, i like where you're coming with this <laughs> Anyway, so, yo, but for real, thank you for being here. Thank y'all for watching, though, because y'all are really the MVPs here. As much as we're here, without you, there's no point. So, thank y'all. Um, anyway, before we jump off, special thanks to the patrons. Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black Hurricane, Linda Williams, and Scribbler. They don't support what we do, all that good shit. Typically, we do album reviews, so they tell us sometimes what albums to review, which has been a lot of their choices lately. Um, but still, they're amazing people. You saw their names flash up. If you want to support us, you can check out that page link below we make music links in description as always i i mean it's kind of what it is you can follow me on spotify that'd be so nice to see you. my numbers are not great i could do some help anyway like y'all so it's been fun and i would like to end all the episodes live long oh and God. prosper everyone willie scandal bitch